All right, all right. Consistent self-improvement, everybody. I am Classic Carpenter. You are listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am here with my co-host. Gypsy. And the other co-host. Hey, I'm Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're here. New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve to everybody uh, in that dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us know uh, New Year's crank up around spring. So <laughs> There's that. You know, for, for the calendar, you know, I guess we're going to say Happy New Year's Eve. And then, does anybody know anything about that? As far as, you know. Date date changes and stuff like that, depending on culture. What can explain, you know, yeah, as far as New Year being in spring. Really in like. Well, when this there's is winter. When, right. So how is there a new year in the wintertime when the new year basically uh, spring comes and flowers bloom and stuff like that? They were saying that that's basically. <laughs> but just in general, for me, I was talking about like I've heard a lot of um, theory, not just theories, but like there's proofs that depending the the calendar changed and depending on which calendar you ascribe to, mm-hmm. like even in Ethiopia right now, it's eight years back. Like and and they have 13 months. Um, right. You know, so it depends which, you know, even the regular calendars, if you go way, way back, there's like, they skip some time mm-hmm. on the calendar and nobody has an explanation why or maybe there is out there. But yeah, there's been all of that. So how do we know? We'll have to do some research we, on that. How can we know right now out. is 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not. Right. But it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> in that in that dimension. Right. Like That's you said at the beginning, in, right? In that, in that dimension. So Right. Okay. I'm with it. I mean By by the end of twenty twenty two, our listeners will understand and will understand even more about what we mean by this dimension versus that dimension. Mm. So look forward to that on other American Gypsy conversations. When we find some people more educated that can explain that type of thing, unless y'all can explain. I it, mean, we just explained it. You you said the well, dimension. She said what she said as far as it basically being fictitious and also cultural. And now I'll say it's fake. Yeah. And the reason okay. is because time is a social construct. Exactly, yeah, it's an illusion. Right. So right. something we agree. Right, we all agree yeah. to yeah. that, and so we used to use the sun to determine what time it was, not a watch. Yeah, but commercialize and commodify so that you can have Rolex and be able to tell the time for a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why would you use your fingers? It you know, so why work. would you use like sun up or sun down? How people used to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You need a watch. Nighttime. So that you can go to work Mm -hmm. and know how many hours that you clock in and clock out. A work week. For that system and that dimension. And a weekend to get you to start thinking that you are basically on the clock to hurry up and make my money. 
<laughs> make that money. Make that money. Make that money. And payday. It's all on that same thing that we're talking about, yeah. basically. <coughs> I think anyway. That would be my opinion. I mean, we could go heavy into the Mayan calendar and what this means and what that means and astrology and stars, but I think we'll just stick with December thirty first, twenty twenty one. Or not. Man, look here. A lot of stuff makes so much sense, like you just said, but it's winter. <laughs> it's like, hey, I didn't say nothing about, you know, seasons, but spring. <laughs> spring does say new year, new flowers. Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't have the digital system or that, that time system to say, okay, this is this time. How would you know when is a new year or, you know, them would be questions that would come up. How would you know this and that? Well, mm-hmm. there's a system. There's always been that, that system. If you needed to know, if you needed to know now they're letting us know that yo, you need to know what's going on everywhere <laughs> except what's actually going on where you are. Cause a lot of the things that was going on, in LA, when they say it was going on in LA, it was not going on in LA. So we was like, okay, is what's really going on in other places actually what's going on, or is this what they telling us? This is what you need to think about and worry about more than what they what you're really supposed to be working about or thinking about really. And that's probably not thinking about too much that's going on in other places. Mm-hmm that you usually wouldn't know about back in that time. You wouldn't, they wouldn't know what, what the earthquake or the tsunamis was like back in that time yeah. or back in certain times. If you were living here, you know, you would know, wake up in the morning and check and be like, okay. No, there was no international news. Stuff <laughs> like that. That's what you right. Yeah. yeah. There was no ticker yeah. just underneath, <laughs> you know, no pop-up, no Amber alert, no, yeah. Well, there's I mean, still the sun and the moon in daytime and nighttime. That was always consistent. <laughs> the right. most consistent. But. You didn't know if people were in peril or not. You just knew about what was happening where you were. And to give yeah. you a vibration uh-huh. of happiness or so like yeah. sadness, yeah. like yeah. hunger or fame yeah. or obscene wealth. Some yeah. people on Amazon have no idea. What the heck we're talking about as far as a podcast? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and they're probably better for it, except for all the people who are trying to take their land using methods that we're. Talking and their about. everyday is not affected by what's going on around the world. No, it's like no, uh-uh. it's always present. <laughs> and it's funny how certain cultures do insist on it being that way to a certain degree. So some cultures just insist on looking into the future. Mm-hmm. And like they said, if everything, the ball fall apart, it's the ones that kept it in, you know, that's used to living in the Amazon. That's going to survive all the bullshit because they way of life wouldn't necessarily, unless, you know, people coming in and cutting shit down and tearing up stuff. That's, that's one thing. But like I said, when it comes to a, a major blackout, like okay, <laughs> food. 
<laughs> what's, like a, what's a blackout? Panicking. Um, like Candace Owen kind of mentioned, the grid, you know, the power grid. Having I'm a, being sarcastic, having that stumble. <laughs> yeah. So no, because <laughs> you know, um, I heard the speech years ago by um, Dr. Joseph Lowry, who used to be the president of the SCLC, and he wanted to know why everything bad was black. And he started going down the list of, like, you know, black cat is bad luck. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just a white lie is good, you know. And then he talked about a blackout. Why is it that mm. that's considered negative? Why Why is it a blackout? Is everything... I don't know. It just made me think about how we used white and black as right. Because if it's in the day, out. if it's daytime, right, it could have been lights out. But if be it's yeah, if it's because daytime. white out is good when you use it when you make a mistake. White out is good. Yeah, it's like yes. Well, some people are <laughs> like, "What the heck details. is white out?" Because do people still use white out? <laughs> I think so. Somewhere out there. <laughs> Damn! You know, yes, I haven't been in an elementary school in a long time. I don't know if they still writing. They uh, don't right? write in cursive <laughs> anymore. You yeah. do know that they took cursive off as a part of the I curriculum. That. What really? the I heck? I liked it really, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Just because you don't like it doesn't mean. I mean, you I have know. To. No, I wouldn't say like there's no need to have it in the curriculum. I love cursive. <laughs> Yeah, but also you have to sign your name in cursive on so many legal documents. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. okay, you can use DocuSign, but in person, why don't people know how to <laughs> write in cursive? Right, why That's would you remove it? That's why I'm, I was sitting there. There's no need to for, remove it. I just personally right. Why would you I remove it? But didn't like but, it. <laughs> you know, I know we don't use it now, but it's a lot of other things you haven't removed. Because uh, we don't use it. Man, I'm telling you, I still use cursive. <laughs> it's I can't say what I've done. When it. it's cursive, right, usually. Or you have you to know. sign your name in print, and then, I mean, you have to write your name in print and then sign in cursive on so much documentation. Oh, yeah, I still sign in right, cursive. Right. Yeah. Signing is you one can't. thing, but that's just one thing that you're memorizing how to do. But like writing a entire page oh no you're not gonna write cursive, the whole thing like, so you're saying the next generation is just signing their name in straight print <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are because they didn't get taught cursive just like i'm saying white out people are like born after a certain year like what is white out but we know what it means and also we know how people were using it to like sniff like it was just i don't know to yeah. me the American school system has been fucked, right? But language. Oh, excuse good, me. Good morning. Um, it has. No, been, no, 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 no. Oh. I'm saying good morning. Yeah. Oh. The, the language, the American right. language. Yeah. I was like starting oh, no with person. good morning. You know, because <laughs> no. like, why do we say good morning? Why are you in morning? Why yeah. are we in morning? Right. And why is it good? And why is it one of the only lang only languages day. that say day, right? Or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Spanish. Good day. Yeah. Sure, all other Most languages. languages. I don't know a lot of yeah. Most languages. <laughs> but I mean when you get um taken away from your what your language is anyway, then that's another way to break you. Yeah. So it is crazy from the 
just kind of looking at the things that have has happened over time, you know, in the past few years, it feels like a couple of lifetimes for me personally, mm. because I don't know like how often I've moved often. Some people have stayed in the same place 15 years, 20 years. I got relatives and back home. They've upgraded maybe the house a little bit, but they've been in the same place like 20, 25 years. And I'm I'm still not able to see how, as far as how that's kind of, how that's possible. Really? I think it's like a tribe. Like some people are nomadic and then you have other tribes that put down roots and they just stay. And you're, and then you have other tribes like they had this belief that you need to be able to take everything that you own and carry it on your back. If you can't carry it, then you don't need it. And so they might be, the people you're referencing might be from that tribe where they're just rooted and they stay there and that's what's comfortable, that's what's good for them. And then wow. you might just be straight up, well, you are, you're a gypsy. Look at the name of this podcast. That's that's it. That's crazy you say that. I'm sitting here thinking about it like, wait, wait, which which bloodline actually? When you, when you say that as far as tribe-wise, mm-hmm. I'm thinking tribe. And I could think on my mother's side, yeah, a lot of them are still there. I'm not sure. You know, of course, it's two splits on each side. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, my grandmother and my grandfather know more about my grandmother's people, possibly my grandfather's people too. But that's on my mom's side, on my dad's side. The, the family members I'm actually thinking about are not actually Korans. Mm-hmm. And then when I think about Korans, there, most of them are spread out. Mm-hmm. They're not in Mississippi. They're not there actually in Oxford. That that tribe went that way. <laughs> went a whole nother way. So I had to think about it like, okay, yeah. Then after we've done the research, I don't know if my mother's people were originally in that area of Mississippi we do know that the Korans came from Georgia. Okay. But it might have been one black sheep <laughs> that, <laughs> that went oh, another yeah. direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we know? It was very cultured. They yeah. went, they, it was the biggest difference in a lot of the family, you know, that out of just looking at family members here, got a lot of them here. This family side here, got a lot of them here. This family here, oh, they just... And it's a, hmm. you can tell it's a genetic, it's a whole energy with, it is so genetic mm-hmm. and you just see a complete different character with this side of the family. Some people get it, you know, and some people don't, but yeah. when you said tribe, it made me, that's when it made me kind of divide the the gene pool up and I realized, oh, okay. My that my dad's gene pool, no, they didn't. They they I I don't even know. My dad never stayed in one house mm-hmm. this whole time. You know I I don't know if I can mentally pull up the family member on that bloodline that has actually been in the same house that long. Yeah, you know, this just made me think about, like, some friends that I have, they still, if they go home, quote-unquote, they go home to, like, the house that they grew up in. Yeah. 
Mm. And, you know, there's there are pictures from birth to like now and then their next generations. And it's like the neighbors know them. Everybody knows everything happened in this house. This is the home that I grew up in. Yeah, I don't know anything about that yeah, life. I like there's that <laughs> that's not even an option. But to me, it seems beautiful to be yeah. able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to leave my stuff here. And know that it's there when you come back, like, five years, ten years, whatever. You can open a box and, I don't know, go in the basement, all the stuff that they put in a movie or something. But yeah. that's their real life where they can go and look through things. I'm like, that's, that's like a hundred <laughs> storages ago for me. You know, that's <laughs> like. <laughs> I, have to, oh, wait, I have to purge all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, do you um, – where do you keep your keepsakes at your mom's house? And I'm like, no, my mom doesn't live in the same, like she, she doesn't move as much as me, but like she, she hasn't lived in the same place either. Like it doesn't work like that. I just, yeah, my mom has been actually in the house almost 20 years where, okay. Cause she moved in when I was in college, sophomore after she moved in that's when I moved in, mm-hmm. we moved in with her and she's been at that house. Man, 20 years from now. See, when that's Stankonia so, came I'm out. just 25. Man. I got the college, man. Just he like, was wow, a, a, a baby <laughs> genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that I got there early. Man. <laughs> yeah. But that's different. I wouldn't say my mom, she still moved around. You know, before that, the, the God damn, the 20 years before. Uh, <laughs> like Kevin Hart, God damn. <laughs> Start thinking about that time when, when people were still learning how to write in cursive yeah. in yeah, school. Back, back then. Uh, when, <laughs> when they weren't well, doing yeah. the new math. <laughs> right. right. When the Nintendo had just dropped. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, the first one. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but we she still bounced around from houses but yeah i got aunts and uncles maybe not too many uncles but more aunts i'm talking about period 40 years gotta be 40 50 years gotta be mm-hmm. in them houses yeah gotta be. i can't imagine man yeah <laughs> in the same house Peep this. So my grandparents retired. They left L.A. They went back to Louisiana. And even after retirement, they were living in that home for like 30 years. Right. Like 20, 30. So that wasn't even like the home from when they started. But even their retirement home, like when I went back, that's where my stuff from elementary was. Uh, You know, I could find a couple Mm -hmm. of little things because my grandmother kept so much stuff. But that just tells you how many lives people have lived where they've raised children, raised grandchildren, worked, retired, went to a new retirement home. And then that retirement home was like the home for so many other kids who are now adults with their own children. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a trip in movies. It is a trip. Congratulations, Mama, if you listen to this. Congratulations. I'm very proud of the movie success that you have had as an actress in your 60s. Turning 70 next month, but in her 60s. So 
for everybody that feel like, ah, you got this one shot at life. And if you don't get it by this certain time, you can't do this and you can't do that. No, never too late. Never <laughs> too late. It is never. If you, if you want to get rich and you just keep keeping in your mind that, all right, I'm going to get rich. You could be in your fifties or your sixties. Keep thinking it. you can get rich before it's over with and you can do whatever it is. You can live your life. If you want to become an actress in your 60s or an actor in your 60s, you can do it. Holla at my mom. I'm t- <laughs> no, shout out to your mom for real because she is an inspiration. Like just because we live in such a ageist society, like it's so many isms, but yeah. ages society, it focuses on what you're not able to do versus what you are able to do. And so there's all these ideas about, you know, you're boring, you should be retired, you need to be sitting somewhere like, you know, knitting or like, I don't know, bored. But like, the reality is older people are more experienced, more knowledgeable. And based on what a lot of the research says, they have this thing called grit, because they've gone through so much that yeah. they're prepared to keep going through a lot of other things that you're still trying to figure out as a younger person how to even navigate, understand, or have the wherewithal to manage. So when you see people defy these no's, it has to be celebrated. And even before that, like noted, like you can be any age and choose a new direction. It doesn't yeah. have to be, like we were talking about last week, it doesn't have to be this I'm going to stick with this and then just keep doing it until there's no more. This building, right. Yeah. Go up the wrong building. Basically. And just keep, keep doing it. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield became a comedian, I think in his like forties. Cause that's something he always wanted to do, but he had a family. Yeah. And that's not to say it's the wrong building all the time. Like you might've enjoyed sure. doing something for like 20, 30 years and mm-hmm. You're kind of bored of it now. You want to, you want something more challenging. You know, there are those people that always like a challenge. And so like they want to switch careers or do something else that they've thought of. Cause I think we all want to do multiple things. We don't all just want to, I don't know. Right. Like I had a hard time, like even in high school, like picking a major for college. Cause it's like, there's a lot of different things I want to do. It's like, how do you pick, you know, what to go with? So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to the military. What? Oh, really? Can you believe that? I I can't. <laughs> Look, no one did. Right. <laughs> Literally, like, no one. I it can't. was like all my friends were like, "You're crazy. You're not going to anybody's army. Like, you're not. You can't go into the military. You will not listen. How are you? How are you going to survive? Like, there's no way. On top of how you feel about the country, what what are you doing? But I was more like. How am I going to pay for it? Because, you know, my parents aren't going to pay for it. Yes, scholarships. But the trick about scholarships is realizing the money that they say you have isn't necessarily everything. Like a full ride, put an asterisk by that. Mm -hmm. Because when you get on campus, there's so many other things that you have to pay for. Your tuition might be paid for. Are your books paid for? 
Is your room and board paid for? Yeah. Is your meal plan paid for? Food. Is your insurance paid for? You know, yeah. forget a comforter and all this other stuff. It's so that was my thing. I wanted to go to college. It always been my dream. I think a big part of that was not just me being like a, a big book nerd or whatever, but like different world. A different world and the Cosby show really did something to my mind about going to college. So that's weird because I can't even connect those shows no, with college. That's that. I mean, for me, that's that was a big part of it. But also, it was being in Jackson. Back to shout out Jackson, Mississippi, because um, there were colleges that were right there. Jackson State and Tougaloo. Yeah. And so many of my um, classmates had parents that went to college. And that was a thing, like, they were all pushing them, like, early, like, you're going to college. I'm like, wow, this is different. So I had to figure out a way to pay for it, and it wasn't going to be hustling. That's yeah. not, you know, it wasn't going to be sports. I was in a lot of different um, activities, but for me, the thing that really came through was like, okay, I talked to a recruiter, and they sold it, and I had done maybe um, like JROTC in middle school or something like that. So I already had a little bit of the understanding. And um, I was just like, I could just do it and then be out. And people were like, no, there's literally a war going on. (laughs) How do you think you're going to just tap in, get the money? Because I just kept talking about the money. Like I I get these loans, you know, I get good credit. Um, I was like, you know, a car college it was just all about that and wasn't about anything else that was gonna happen while I was actually in there oh I was like oh I'm being really good shape and I learned how to shoot guns yeah so that's all I was thinking about it wasn't the war piece and it took a couple of really cool um adults to come and sit down with me and (laughs) be like you're not going Cause I made a, a great score on the ASVAB, the test that you have to take. Yeah. So they were like, Oh yes. Like you're in, I had the letter. It was perfect in my mind, but hell nah. How did they convince you not to go? What, what did it? It was two very convincing <laughs> adults. Like uh, my parents, I think they just were, they didn't believe me for real, but they didn't know how serious I was. Cause they weren't, there in Mississippi but the adults that were in my circle were like she really is gonna do this this isn't just like a whim so um one of these people is like a supreme court judge for Mississippi right now and another one is a state court judge so they just had the power of persuasion you know they really just got with me logically and talked to me about what college is about And don't focus on the debt. You know, you can do it. You have the aptitude. And this ain't what you want in the military. You think it is, but it's not. And, you know, you're smart, but you're not smart enough to get out of what Uncle Sam has got you signed Mm -hmm. up for. You know what I mean? And you have other options. That's not even something you're really passionate about. If it was something you were passionate about, then we would support you. But you're only talking about how you don't want to have debt. And you can't in your afford. family? Any family members ever been? No, I was the first person to graduate from college. 
you know, no, no, I mean to the military. And my no, my family is not like what you consider a military family, but right. I have two uncles that were in the military, and um, I mean, it just wasn't something that was impressed upon me. I'm telling you, it was just a recruiter. Right. And at that time, it the, was the money. It was the money, yeah. and so yeah. I, I mean, I didn't go, um, and that was probably for the best. I think. Yeah, you yeah. still got yeah, your brain. I, so. I mean, I would be a wall and like having to go to <laughs> martial law court, yeah. whatever. Most, like most of I the people, know. yeah, most of the people that that I know, yeah. That's the story. But, you know, and That's, I do want to say the other side, because I know people, some of my friends who did serve are like, what are you talking about? Don't paint it like that. For certain people, it's the best thing that ever happened to them. Okay. Right. The ones that are passionate about yeah, it. Right? Who yeah, who really can take something from it. And I admire that because, I mean, I see how it's impacted their life for the good. But I have a little bit of knowledge about what happened for me when I went to college. And that's where I was supposed to be. It, it wasn't in the military. You know, yeah. it, it just wasn't. Are we on a cut? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. No to the military. Yes yeah. to a four-year college where I did get a full scholarship to go nice. in the middle of nowhere in misery. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> <AKA> Missouri. Yeah, I did, and that's when I learned that that's not what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so I still ended up yeah. with two jobs, right, in college. But hey, whatever. It was cool. Yeah, Jackson State. I went for three years. Didn't finish. Went in as a um, wanted to do vet tech. Mm-hmm. As far as when I dropped out it was more music tech <laughs> actually i can't say a vet tech it was more um yeah uh, veterinary medicine organic chemistry got hands <laughs> yeah got real hands so <laughs> no switched over to music started making straight a's but the whole experience yeah it was different Lifetimes, I guess how we roll into this, the the different lifetimes that, that or lives that people have had. Mm-hmm. I could definitely say that was a time I started producing seriously during that time. And just that mindset that I had, it was nothing like this. The fear was a whole different type of, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I think about some things that I did then, and it just was more autopilot, but it wasn't about, it was more hustle. It was all, it had to have been all hustle. Once I think about it, yeah, it was hustle. Mm-hmm. From promoting CDs, the producing, the recording. <laughs> Back during the time where you, I was handwriting on CDs. Mm. We didn't have a printer, so I was handwriting on Thousands of CDs. <laughs> Back in my day, hundreds, thousands, <laughs> thousands of CDs. Back in the day the when features. they had CDs for some of you, <laughs> right? My bad. When they had, when they actually used What's and valued CD? CDs. Right. <laughs> I used to burn so many of those. <laughs> what do you mean by burning CDs? <laughs> 
<laughs> what is a spindle? No yeah, fire, no like. fire needed. <laughs> you weren't really using oh, yeah, real I fire when you was burning. Yeah, you, <laughs> like, you do have. I'm telling you, it's a yeah. different. It's a whole different landscape. But that's why when we can compare now to then, it's 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 cool. I think it made you a little more hungry. I look at what I've done since I've been out here, just like this morning, the, the walk we took. And I'm like, man, this is a, it's like a little forest fire of vending and, or energy that's going on there. Mm-hmm. What did you see when you went on the walk? Like, what was uh, it? Well, at 7th and Fig, it's just from as soon as you hit the corner, you got the violin guy playing, you know, and then you got the vendors that's lined up all the way, you know. It's even though it's after the holidays, yeah, mommy, you got the lady that's always cooking there. Mm-hmm. The Alabrez lady wasn't there today. And then you had, uh, old friend Amethyst was out there street performing today. And just the whole, that block, that whole strip. Once upon a time, I was the only person out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a while street performing. You were. That's I where was, I ran into you. There weren't. There was nobody yeah. there. Everybody ran into. <laughs> no, it was crazy because we were yeah. trying to decide what to eat. And I walking around, walking around, didn't want anything. So finally, we decided on CPK, California Pizza Kitchen, mm-hmm. right? And then um, I'm hearing some music. <laughs> I look over, it's Kwame. Yeah. <laughs> like what yeah. the hell is going on? It's and. I'm like, I know him. That's my boy right there. My guy's like, no, you don't. I say he's from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> like out here, downtown LA performing. And that's where we ran into you. But yeah, you were out there. And that yeah. was cool. And it was a whole different life ago, though. Mm-hmm. Even just as I think about it, you know, even just then, it was a whole different hustle. Now the hustle engine energy has shifted into something else. But from it, you know, it leaving, you know, Mississippi, going to Atlanta and to, you know, the DMV area, even being out here, not knowing the levels of fear that was being shaved off. You know, I thought college was kind of fearless. But then, like I said, as I think about now and the stuff that went down in the four years we've been here, or just being there, period, yeah, it's a whole different type of. No, I have no fear. Let's grind, let's hustle, let's get it. Mm-hmm. It's showtime. It's just as as has elevated, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a completely different man. The life's the lifestyle is just is different from last year. Complete different person, complete different life. Even just of course we was doing podcast stuff, but I had a whole different spiritual thing going on at the same time. This was as like I said, think about it. We probably be what three days into this room rained out. Half of the carpet is stripped up. We in the other room. Yeah, we had to yeah. box everything up and studio in the closet. Put everything we had in one little room and live off of one. In one room for about room. two months, while they fixed this room. We did a lot of rocking. Yeah. So. It made you more appreciative of what you have, though. Always been grateful too. I, I mean, I think I could be wrong because you know, there's that cliche: "What doesn't kill you will only make you stronger." 
I had an apartment flood too. And it didn't make me more grateful in the moment. <laughs> I was pissed. I was super pissed because it flooded and it got my computer too, right? And so I mm. lost so much mm. stuff. Yeah. And at that time I used to write. So I had like, you know, the beginnings of books and a lot of poetry and yeah. good music stored, burned, you know, on there. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it was it was hard. And there was no compensation. And it yeah, wasn't same. my fault. Yeah. You know, it was because the washroom was connected. And they mm. had some happen with one of the machines. And it flooded my apartment on one side and the other person on the other side. So it was just a big loss. And even after it was done, I was not grateful for <laughs> whatever I had left over. I was just mad because all my stuff was gone. It took a minute for me to be able to have the perspective of like, thank God it wasn't worse or, you know, some somebody was harmed or something like that. I just I just was pissed. I know with almost going into hours, um, even just emotionally where we were with the apartment, kind of frustrated with the management and still. But it was almost I do remember the feeling of kind of asking God for the sign to move when we're, you know, need that sign to just get into move motion and pack shit up and, you know, be ready. So nothing got, at least I haven't plugged back up my preamp yet. Everything else is working. Just plugged it up last week. But to catch it early, and it was almost immediately for me, it was like, all right, this that sign from God to, Pack it on up, get ready to move. So that energy, it was, and even just for how things were working then, it was almost like a shit, you know, there's nothing we could really do or force or just, so it was more just like, all right, just let go and be patient. Yeah. And I could say going up to it, that's why I probably could say I had a more optimistic energy with it because I remember it's like, oh, okay, shit. Well, this the sign. All right, well, yeah, let's pack it on up. And I guess because I, I I pay for everything, so I didn't feel like I'd just be too destroyed. I could buy some more shit if that was the case. But you know, we caught it early. Speakers still, you know, the basics still work. Still got to try to preamp. Rebuilding, I was I couldn't rebuild. Thinking about because I even when when building, giving gratitude to my pops and just being in that bloodline and I, but still also understanding what most of his life has really been when you doing a project of any kind, your brain is really thinking about that all the time. You living a life as a carpenter, your brain is thinking about the job and probably everything you got to do as a head carpenter the next day, mm-hmm. and because during that time. That's basically, this is basically basically all I was thinking about. So I got a chance to think like, shit, if I did this for a living, all I'm thinking about overnight a lot of times is cuts and calculations and this type of thing and this type of thing. I'm like, damn, my pops just ain't got time to think about shit. You know, mm-hmm. so had appreciation for my pops. Mm-hmm. You know, and what he's been, just how basic genius he is. And also understanding childhood traumas, 
his whole life and how he's become to what he's his whole, you know, it allowed me to understand even why my mom would say some of the things that she say. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense like, Oh, because just like probably some other people that work certain professions, your brain, depending on what it is, your brain don't turn off when you go home. Mm -hmm. So you can't really give a fuck as much about things at home like you would probably want to because your brain is still running numbers, doing calculations. And <laughs> I mean, absolute genius stuff. What a lot of people do out here, whether you're an electrician, a plumber, where these people know certain things and brain is actually, that's why probably a lot of them, you would say alcohol drinking, if you think about probably more construction people or paint, they most of them drink, no doubt. Yeah, some of them drink because they're in pain from lifting a whole bunch of heavy shit <laughs> <laughs> for no pay. <laughs> like, you know, and then they get injured on the job because they're drunk. But it's also because I'm not making no money doing this bullshit. And, you know, that's well, back some to of them get paid good, too. It's some just... just but it's lit on the on the because they've been doing it for so long that they finally got good pay and they got a habit now. Yeah. And so they can afford to drink better alcohol. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a stereotype. True. I know not all construction people, y'all don't get in y'all feelings, but I'm just saying yeah. I know a lot who do. Yeah. But I mean also, um, you know, one of my friends who's a jeweler. He, he travels, are used to before all this stuff happened, but used to travel to all of the conventions for all of the different professions, you know, National Association of Journalists or Engineers or Social Workers or whatever. And I remember when I told him, um, yeah, you know, I'm going to become a social worker. He was like, oh, Oh, social workers party hard. <laughs> you know, that was, <laughs> it was like out of all the conventions, it was huh? like they party hard. And party hard. I didn't get it until I became a social worker. And then, like you say, you want to come home and cut it off, but it's all the stuff that you've seen or done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of those things is to have a glass of wine or something like that. So I could see on the flip side, like what you're talking about with your dad or even with my dad, because my dad did construction for a long time for paying just because that's what he, he's he good at. He drink too it. and don't give a fuck? He no. does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dad. Wow. <laughs> well, my dad but been cold. My dad been fuck, cold but he turkey. doesn't, you know what I'm yeah. saying, at the same time. I mean, I think that my dad is a 70-plus-year-old black man in America. And yeah. just imagine what that means. Yeah, my dad don't he don't yeah. still drink. He went cold turkey, and that's something else that also let us know how strong the uh, bloodline is mm -hmm. for his, his ability to you know eventually kick it, mm -hmm. uh, um, a habit like that, and probably going on probably about fifteen, fifteen so years probably, and he still got the to a certain degree you know don't give a fuck. But he's always been just this. Big, kind-hearted person. So he's sober completely. Yeah. He doesn't drink at all. Nope. Okay. Yeah. That's something. I mean, that's pretty huge, actually. My yeah. dad stopped drinking for a while. Mm -hmm. And 
then when he did start drinking again, he completely changed as far as how much he drinks. So he doesn't drink nearly as much as he used to, but he still does drink. And um, I guess I'm just thinking about the discipline of not drinking after you've drank for so many years, mm-hmm. you know, of your of your life. <clears throat> it's like my granddaddy started smoking cigarettes when he was nine mm. and he stopped in his 60s. I think I just recently <laughs> That's remember. That's like a long yeah. time. Yeah, I think I remember. I remember my uh, my brother saying that my dad might have started drinking when he was about 12 or 13. Or See what like I'm that. saying? And that's something that I didn't I didn't think about. Wait, when did you start drinking? Right. Because, and that's, yeah. That's and my granddad is like a super strong guy, but he was not able to stop smoking cigarettes until he had a heart attack. Mm. Yeah. And, and he needed a double bypass. But... Then he told me, like, later on, like, I've been smoking since I was nine years old. I was, like, nine Um, when he told me that. So it blew my mind to think, like, like, you could be nine years old, like, really smoking. But back in the day, kids smoked like that. Yeah. Yeah, Some countries. They still do. Yeah. A lot of, uh, like, Southeast Asian countries and stuff. I've seen documentary on that. That is crazy. It's Mm -hmm. a big problem. A lot of kids smoking. Yeah. I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette. It was crazy. I was like I ten. Yeah, young. Yeah, I was like ten. It. How did you come across? Let it me at tell that you, age? one of one of my friends. Her name was Mercedes. I'm Mercedes W. <laughs> She's Mercedes D. And she was like, "My brother left these cigarettes. Let's smoke one." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I don't know why because I I was not even like for cigarettes it wasn't like a, but I think I just it was the idea of like what people in the movies do again we back yeah. to this thing that you see and adults you want to see what they're doing so we were so dumb we thought you could smoke in the bathroom and then you know it's gonna dissipate and nobody's gonna know oh, wow. they'll turn on the <laughs> little vent or whatever so yeah. We lit the cigarette, and somehow one of the pieces of the spark hit the rug around the toilet, <laughs> sparked, and like got a little like burn in it. And so then we were already panicked, and then we took a couple of puffs, and the shit is disgusting. Disgusting. Oh my god, cigarettes are. You gotta really be committed. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you you really gotta be committed you to smoke to like that, or in. or also to. to drink, right? Because when yeah. you when you drink, it's yeah. a whole different thing. But smoking and drinking it's just together, so disgusting. Like, yeah, I mean, beers to me. <laughs> yeah, they've they've, oh, they've made some alcohol more appealing. <laughs> they nowadays, have, but and I have a beer <laughs> in no, the it's freezer still, right now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but no, it cigarettes. They were. Ba- it was just. It was nasty. Anyway, my dad came disgusting. into the bathroom when all this was going because he smelled the smoke and, oh man, I got in so much trouble behind that, and I, I never wanted to <laughs> smoke a cigarette again. Never. I remember we tried it maybe when we was young. And yeah, it was like after a few, like yeah, I wait on weed. You know? <laughs> no, I was I was never like <laughs> I'll wait some time on it. And, you know, I'll try. Like weed I was against it on. when I was really young, but you know, I had friends that smoke, and I was like, no, you shouldn't. And uh-huh. I was really against it. But 
as an adult, I got into it for a while. Yeah. How she long did you smoke like, cigarettes? Social Sup- thing. I'm super was, proud of her. Yeah, it's been it's been a super uh, proud of her. I forget my damn. It was self. a while. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it was a social thing. This is a little then, known <laughs> Black History fact. I'm so intrigued. Yeah. yeah. It was a has quit when we were know, in I Atlanta know. and um, a little bit in Virginia. Just you know. Got into it as a social thing. True confession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, congrats to you. Congrats to my dad because he stopped smoking as well. Oh, um, and congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot to do with that because after that incident, I, I did a sci- science project or something on cigarettes and what was really in them. Yeah. And I was like that kid that was like, no, <laughs> dad, you can't smoke. Like, this is what's in them. Smokers yeah. know what's in it. They don't Just care. like people who eat McDonald's know what's in McDonald's and other things. You know, it's just. I've yeah. I've never been hooked on nicotine. It's the addiction of it. I've smoked okay. Black and Miles yeah. for a little bit. I've probably say I've puff, probably puffed I on some cigarettes when I've been around them. Maybe just off a of hell of it and was like, ah, black and mild. I don't just know, black and mild too. Uh, it might have been black and mild. It might not have been cigarette. Maybe it's been nasty. black. Yeah, it was just the black and mild. I don't think. I, I think that black yeah. and milds are more accepted than cigarettes. Yeah, but that's why I'm thinking like maybe bad, it was just if not worse. Yeah, and that's it, what I was thinking in my disgusting. mind. Like, maybe. It's like I can't even stand to smell black and mild now. But it beat my stomach up too bad. I just had to let it go. But it's like accepted, like. Bring back a black. Somebody always talk about bring back a black from the south. <laughs> but right? I just like, couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't know what a black of mine was until Jackson. I have to say, yeah. it's a southern thing, huh? Because that's when I got. Into <laughs> and and also cigarettes. Like I mean, in in misery, it was a predominantly white institution that I was at, and so when people would go out to drink, they would smoke. That was, that was just the thing, and so. I mean, I I guess I did pick up a couple of. I think ch- ch- most of the addiction really. is still psych, uh, psychological versus physical. It's monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. I think that. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of studies about that, but yeah, it's the mob degree. mentality. It's the it's whatever is around you environmentally. That and then it's the nicotine after you get it for so long. Once you likely. get started. Once you get in so long, it got to be the nicotine because. Weed is just, you know, you can put weed down for a little bit and shake it off and not really. Some know. people can. Some people can. I believe most people can. You know, you, you go ahead and, and you got to go take a piss test for for to stay out of jail. You don't need rehab to, or you don't need too much tough well, stuff. Oh, I'm going to beg to do I got to pull my mic in close because really? I used to be one of the people who had to drop people when they were on probation, you know, so accompany them to the bathroom and wait to collect the sample and, you know, put it back because I was doing substance That's abuse if counseling. You really gave right? A fuck, and we you know? <laughs> back to that. Yeah. No, no, I can't say I give a fuck. I don't think that they gave a fuck. They probably didn't give a fuck. People either. who still were on probation. And still tested positive for that and other substances. So I didn't test positive. There's still, but as I think, when I do think about it, well, what did you do to not test positive? I had some amazing (laughs) guardian angels. Okay. Like, as I think about it, the one little, and it was because of a ticket more, and dealing with some some marijuana, Mm -hmm. 
and I did have to piss for probation. It might have been five, six months probation. If I'm correct, I pissed one time, and that was the very first time I went in. As if I think, once I think about it, after that, I didn't have to piss. My probation lady played bass in the orchestra, and we knew everybody in the fucking orchestra. Okay, so think about all the millions of people whose probation so, officers do not work in the orchestra I, and they get dropped and they have I to know. go I think about back myself though. to whatever institution that they were at are they quote unquote violated for no reason. Like I was a cog in the system. I was a damn intern in college. I still thought it was crazy. And I'm also somebody that believes that you should only pee for enjoyment, not for employment. You do not have to pee to become the president. Why the fuck do I have to pee to work at this below minimum wage job? Because you know why. But what I'm saying is, you know, we can laugh about this, but it also just highlights the inequalities in our system where there are still so many people who are put through the motion because is billable and that's what I'm going to go back to again because the labs the labs get paid the insurance gets paid mm-hmm. and the um urine might not even be tested they could they could say everybody's good or nobody's good like I'm as not as long as they got the money hey they've already billed for it so we have to keep testing people and there is a space where it makes sense that certain people need to be tested because it's a part of their recovery and they really are working towards that. And that's the thing that's going to click in their mind for them. Like I'm being tested. I want my family to know I'm doing good or, you know, I want whoever I want to feel good about myself to have this piece of paper to say, look, for the first time ever, you've been clean for however long I get that. But I'm just talking about, how many people are locked up behind something as trivial as mm. urine? And it's a lot. Mm. Just like it's so many people that are still locked up. Like we could talk about smoking bud and being in L.A., but how many people who are from L.A. in L.A. right now yeah. are still locked up because they they just were smoking. They, they didn't do nothing to hurt nobody. They just got caught with some bud, and they're still behind bars while we have multi-million dollar billionaire people making their own special strain of marijuana mm-hmm. and it's it's accepted yeah. Yeah. you gotta you gotta free all them people then if it's accepted all and of that. nationally you can't say, they well, have well yeah it, now since, it now it, is. it happened then right we can't like no yeah, they had I, their I, own dispensary they, it was their own strain like why can't they be out i thought so they didn't let people out retroactively. They, yeah, I thought some places did. Some places, did. Yeah, some places didn't. Oh, and okay. here they have not freed all the people who have those sentences. Yeah, I can see and that. for those that have, some of it is still on their record. And then they try to do this thing. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the grants that they were giving out to people who had been incarcerated due to the government i'm not gonna say they this time we know they me and the cia did it where they funneled in crack cocaine to south central los angeles so as a you know form of i guess we're gonna say reparations there was this money set aside for people who had been impacted in that era Mm. 
mm. and who had time related to that in order to now do right and give them this option to get financing, get dispensaries, have someone to work with them on their business plan, have people to help them locate, you know, storefronts and get their product out and allow them to be competitive with all the other people who had came in and got permits to have dispensaries that didn't look like us in our communities. But they, and now it's they being the local government, Los Angeles County, only approved, but so many. And then you have all these other people with a letter saying, congratulations, you've been awarded X, Y, and Z, but they don't have anywhere to go with it. And it's an ongoing thing that, you know, mm. still happening right now. But it's like for everything that they say, okay, we've done this, then there's still so many other people who are saying, but I still haven't got my due. But every time I turn on the TV or open up a paper, I see all these glossy ads about the next tech billionaire buying into marijuana. You know, yeah. Pfizer having a marijuana pill now. or uh, You know, this celebrity has their own roll up and mm-hmm. you know now it's just it's just okay but we still like legalize it in the south it's not okay <laughs> <laughs> it's only okay <laughs> for certain people and i don't even you know when when i met you i, I probably smoked way more than um yeah we both than did. ever you we, know we right because like, i i didn't in high school i was super scared to smoke I I thought the minute that I take one puff, I'm going to die. I believe that. I thought really? that it was like, I was like, I'm going to be that 1% that has <coughs> a negative, like, experience. I've never heard of a negative experience. Well, there was no reason to be scared. I just, I, I had that. I just had that. Everybody that I knew, they they were having, you know, a good time. But there were some people... And I think because somebody had told me a story about somebody having a bad trip and never being right again. Yeah, mushrooms, mushrooms. Maybe, or it, was, it was it was, it was supposedly it was like, blood, no, right? But didn't. I didn't. He just went to jail. Nah, well that that is <laughs> right. a bad trip. Right, <laughs> a bad trip. Yeah, they got to pulled jail. over, man. Yeah. Shit, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but all. no, then I I I thought that, and then I also thought like my dad will kill me. I, I, I just, how would he know? I don't know. But these were the things that were in my mind until like my best friend and the person I was dating at the time was like, you are tripping. It's just bud. Like it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a drug. What was your first reaction? First time you smoked? Giggles. Okay. Yeah. I, I could not stop laughing, but even though it was a cool experience, it wasn't for me because I just was so focused. I thought that alcohol was better than but that's that's what had been sold to me. And probably because I studied abroad in a European country mm-hmm. where you could drink. Yeah. You could at, yeah. at 16, I went into a liquor store and bought gallons of alcohol, which mm-hmm. blew my mind. Yeah, and, that's crazy. You know, and brought it back to the States and. You know, it was like, look what I got. My friends were like, yo, <laughs> yo, what the heck is this? Like, I had a whole, a trunk full of alcohol that I came back to Jackson with. And yeah, that's crazy. that was my junior year. I had a crazy reaction to my first time smoking. I oh, thought yeah? I was going to 
die i thought i was, I was See, dying and another. i was like oh my god like i was scared to go to the hospital like you know i didn't want my mom to find out that i smoked and i was in a panic i was just like, <laughs> this is what i thought we would were happen to public. me we were like going out to eat sushi then we went to the movies and all the lines of the carpet on the floor of the movies like that made me nauseous like i was just i just kept asking like when is this gonna end like uh-huh. you know they're like 30 minutes or so you'll be fine don't worry and i'm like okay is, when is it gonna <laughs> end like i you know after that i was like no, no. <laughs> then no. you know nah, my trip wasn't that bad i guess my weed wasn't that good y'all must have been smoking my trip yeah smoke i was an adult <laughs> when i first smoked so it was top quality okay. oh, yeah. excuse me yeah i think <laughs> i was like 17 yeah i was definitely yeah, I, maybe school. maybe yeah, probably like 17 and i was like so old compared to my friends who may have already been smoking for okay i tried it when i was a little kid because my friends you know had some and they're like you want to try it mm. but i didn't know to inhale and you know i was a young kid i didn't know how to smoke smoke so mm-hmm. like i didn't get high until i was an adult and gotcha. i tried it and that's when i got <laughs> high and thought i was gonna die Heard. i mean <laughs> i think you, you like you were talking about different lives there's that life of smoking and then being done or not yeah. well i don't know um i was done for a little bit between High school and freshman year of college, summer freshman year of college. After that, I think yeah, it was just it was back smoking, and then after sophomore year, after sophomore year, and yeah, I think going after that, it was it was just a whole another level of smoking. But it wasn't the good stuff because we was in Mississippi, so it was like shit still had seeds in it. But um. You know, after that point, yeah, we I went from ten blunts a day wow. to fast forward. Cause you know, even back then, I'd go to work with my pops, smoke before I go to work, smoke on the way to work, smoke on the lunch break, smoke on the way home, <laughs> go to Fraser House when we get off. Fraser, and that equal to about four four blunts. Man, damn, yeah, I so, didn't. I have known you a long time. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was, we had a time, that was a period where, yeah, it was at least 10, 10 blunts a day. Yeah, I'm not easy going to confirm or deny that I know anything about <laughs> that type of smoking. That's a lot of smoking. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever experienced Man. that amount of smoke, but I feel you. The thing is, because when you go home and you get around the similar crowd, it kind of almost be like that to a certain degree. My brother back still, well, yeah, it's a, it, it can, not quite, I guess, how it used to all the way like that. I might be more of a back-to-back joint person now, but I'm smoking joints. In Virginia, that's when I got off the blunts and perfected the joint rolling and got on the dabs. And so now California is like a whole different walk in the store, grab what you want, candy, juice, juices, you know, chocolates flower it's a whole different world i guess i'm just not into all of that i don't want to eat i don't chips care about that stuff with, either uh, weed in yeah, it. I, yeah 
It no, gets you that's all day long, stupid. Like, like why tired. would you eat something <laughs> <laughs> with marijuana in it when Man. when you smoke? It already makes you hungry. It's 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 cr- that's it's that's, a different high. It's a different type but of no. High. It's I, a, I've been there. I've been there. I'm just telling you. And you guys are. I mean, I would say a little bit more experimental in no, regards no, to the type of buds that you've had. I've I've I mean, I've had edibles, but. I never went down that path. I'm just flowers are nothing. And even when you're saying like stems and seed, damn, I thought this was going to be the podcast. I was going to let my dad listen to, but probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Almost made it. But I mean, being completely transparent, I think that some of the bud in Mississippi that you're talking about, not the Reggie in the the swag, but like some with the stems and seeds is still better than the stuff right now because it was organic and it wasn't even called organic then. Mm. But there's so much stuff that right now is being messed with and tested and touched and too much. It's like synthetic almost. And that, I mean, that wasn't. Maybe it got to you by scrupulous means. You don't want to know where yeah. where it had been before it got it's there. It's outdoor, but, basically. You know what I'm saying? But it's, some, it's just some outdoor. It still, it still yeah. smelled good. Yeah. Yeah. I and, think. I mean, <laughs> if I'm honest, this is how funny it is to me. This is a different lifetime because me and you thought that we were on some revolutionary shit to smoke two blunts and then go and run remember that right we were like yeah (laughs) we're about to start a program to run through the hood we're gonna get people excited about working out and exercise and so (laughs) we got up super early Early morning. And, like, smoked probably, like, two months. <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to go and run, like, in the neighborhood around Jackson State. And this was a regular thing for a minute. And also, we did the same thing with tennis with our <laughs> friends. And you wouldn't sit out there, smoke, and get up and play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and then sit there, take a break, smoke yeah. another blunt, and get up and play tennis. Right. And they do it with basketball. I I couldn't quite do it. Actually, we, I probably did do it with basketball. But yeah, they do they do it with basketball, as you know. Period mm-hmm. in the NBA and everything. Yeah, they they smoke and run. Hey, so. I mean, for a minute, <laughs> it was like the best idea ever. It was like people are going to join us when they see us. And I remember playing. it was around the cold time because I yep. remember the tights and everything, uh-huh. and being out there, and just yeah. That flash, that one vision was there. Like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> no one joined us. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah, that that just gave me that flashback of like, I mean, that I had good lungs. Shout yeah. out to my lungs. Even the run, and yeah. I'm trying to get back, and that's kind of what yeah. I guess to. Now that we've warmed up, we're getting into the podcast. 2022. <laughs> that's what my 2022 is 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 going to you know really be dedicated to yeah staying in the physical because a year ago from now i used to hop on the bike to go do whatever Mm. so now i would say you know i i I won't 
I haven't hopped on the bike to really do much. I'm not motivated like I used to be to hop on the bike, but I got to get back into that physical because I definitely see the difference. You don't hop on the bike as much. You put on 10 pounds that you wasn't supposed to be putting on. Yeah, I scrolled through yeah. my feed and saw like some of my biking adventures because I used to use this ride app to keep track of all of it. Yeah, And it's like 35 miles, six, six and a half hours. You yeah. went to Santa Monica and back from downtown LA. Like, that's great. I don't know who that girl is, but I need to download her again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like all of that. Yeah. Cause I haven't really been bought yeah. a new bike, rode it twice. <laughs> <laughs> don't even go there. You don't even want to know about the bike situation for me right now. It's terrible. Beautiful yeah. bikes that have been tuned up and tricked out and haven't been out in probably this time. Like We're 2022. Two months, yeah. maybe, maybe three for no reason. 2022 is we're going to have to ride down there with our bikes mm-hmm. and we hop on our bikes and ride the beach mm-hmm. down there, long beach. Yeah, because yeah, I just don't like biking in downtown LA anymore. But yeah, these hills is the truth. Yeah, and then even just it's just not as comfortable. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll go to different neighborhoods and bike. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to make sure you're biking. I like that idea. Um, I want to also just put a plug in to drink more water. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 You know? Well, we do that pretty good. I could say we do. Water bottles water. help. Pretty good. Like, I w- was a terrible water drinker. I never drank my water. And then I had this idea of maybe if I had my water bottle with me all, all the time with water, I'll remember to drink it. Like, I'll put it on my desk usually. Um, and then that just reminds me to always drink my water. But, yeah, water drinking, it just it clears up my face when I'm doing it, like, religiously. Like, clears up my face. It helps me lose weight. And it just... Yeah, it's nothing like water. Yeah, water is the best thing, and that's why um, mostly um, water. Yeah, we're basically what seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a beer with some water in it. (laughs) (laughs) Need to get out. So we're gonna take a little break. Pause. Set the cam and stuff back up straight, and we'll be back. So we find ourselves talking a little bit about cryptocurrency and noticing a lot of things that's moving into you know cryptocurrency nfts and you got any questions on that or anything i know we talked about it a little bit last week um but didn't qu- quite get into some of the new things that's taking place like with nfts and the benefits and the complicated in between new fish tacos yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> what? i'm hungry not too. I didn't think you toxic change my station I, I had that kind of loud i didn't know you i didn't know you heard me when I no fur today t- <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it, though. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's get a working definition of what NFT means. I'm joking, of course, but let, well, let's start there. So, non-fungible tokens. Okay. Non-fungible token. Non-fungible tokens. I guess, to put it the easiest form, it's like a digital asset that has a smart contract built on it, and it sits on a blockchain. 
So then that's when they would ask, what is it, the blockchain? No, they might say, what's a digital asset? <clears throat> okay. Because you, you have, yeah. Uh, pictures, videos. Yeah. Okay. I mean, images and videos. So let's do. I don't know what else. You know, they could be other things because I know. I've heard of like it could be used on supply chain management to track stuff, and it it has a lot of different uses. So, okay, you know, for now, for the simplest term, let's say images and videos. Okay, so a digital asset that what what was the rest of your work? It has a smart contract built into it. Okay, so pictures are images that have a and what's a smart contract. What's the, what's a better or easier it's, or more understandable? It's just like a legal contract, but it's written in code, basically. Okay, so pictures are videos written in legal code that 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 live on a blockchain, and it depends what which blockchain. Like the most, uh, the biggest one um, is Ethereum. Okay. Uh, I feel like we got to go back to blockchain. Blockchain is is pretty technical to explain. You, I've most of the times when I think about even trying to explain blockchain, some visuals help. Our <laughs> examples, like so, she said, Ethereum. What's another? I, I guess people would not. I don't. I so think of a like a a bunch of ledgers that are linked together, and the best part about like the whole blockchain and decentralized um, types of systems is that like there's not one owner and not one company owns it say like Facebook or something Uh, it's all owned by whatever company if it's called Facebook or whatever the parent company is Um, but with decentralized um, systems it it's there's a bunch of nodes that are carrying the same information so you can't just like it's hard to hack into because you would need to hack all the nodes because all the information is decentralized um, versus like you know i guess it it offers a lot of transparency which um a lot of systems don't have think like the banking system and things like that um, government um, spending and things like that. They're not really transparent. But um, sorry, I'm going. What do you mean by transparent? Just, more like uh, your wallet number. Mm-hmm. Somebody, yeah, could look up your wallet number and see your transaction. So if you can see yeah. what the government is doing you can with see your money. Transactions that have happened. That's how transparent it is. They, you know. So at the same time, that's not to say all your information is public i mean it is but they would have this is a really long hash number <laughs> that they would have to figure out right. that it's you yeah so it's not you know your name is not out there with all your statements and all your transactions in the yeah. cryptocurrency world but you know if they you know if you put out your wallet number or one of them you can have multiple and you can dump that wallet if it gets known about you can transfer it to a, a different wallet but i guess by then they'll know what wallet you're transferring to. But anyways, yeah. like almost like if you're a YouTuber, things and are You have you 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 have multiple wallets, and you just you have one wallet that you actually show to your viewers, right? That risk wallet almost. But you know that's just 
and how some people explain the whole uh, cryptocurrency, NFT, and all of that market and is like it's another layer. Um, just like there was Web 1.0 and then there was like Web 2.0. Um, and those are like mostly the social media and stuff like that. And this is like oh, Web 3.0. It's just another <coughs> layer and a different way of doing things um, that will seep into everything in the future. And it's really hard to explain, you know, the... Uh, so many uses for it that's just like saying how people use social media you know businesses use it one way yeah. um musicians use it w another way and it's just, you know personal it, people yeah use it. it's yeah. hard to explain how it would be used in the future but there's a lot of different um uses for it okay but hold a smart up. contract it is very safe and it's nobody can go in and change it once it's been written and it just is written in code um, instead of like legal documents that are written in English or whatever language. In and the, in cursive. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. Okay. The, okay. <coughs> I'm just going to walk it back because I feel like in this conversation, it's like when you and I were talking about um, the Internet. And I was saying to you, like, this is my understanding of crypto. And you were like, oh, that's interesting because it looks like this. I, I'm attempting to be the one out of this group that has the least knowledge in the sense that I'm going to ask more questions. I could say yeah. I'm maybe about you know, seven months in, seven, eight months in. Right. I feel like <clears throat> you guys have done a, a really good job of. She has delving in and specifically Lou I know every time I speak to you you tell me something that I didn't know and you remind me of two really good people that have taken me under their wings respectively and said okay this is this and this is this and it's been over 10 years since my first conversations with them um, shout out to Jeff my boy in Austin and shout out to Rob. Um, but one of the things that Rob said when he helped me buy my first Bitcoin was don't lose that number that you're talking about. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And, and I told you guys about this. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I won't. You know, I'm going to store it here, store it there. And he said, if you lose this number, you can't get to your money. It's yeah. not like an ATM card. If you lose it, they'll give you another one. Like if you lose this, this is it. Yep. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many identifying documents. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. And so I did hear him, but I don't think that I fully understood. Because, again, back to my same mindset with college, I just wanted to get to the money. I'm like, yeah, 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 just sign me up and give me the yeah. numbers and I'll figure it out later. But in that haste or that rush, you have to pay attention to the details and with crypto i feel like it's one of those things you need to fully understand before you decide how you want to play your part yeah because yeah. there's so many different ways to play your part yeah, yeah. you can do nfts you know you can yeah. do mining yep you can you 
do so many different yeah. things. But ha- right, you don't even have in, to yeah. look. Or you can pay somebody to manage your portfolio. Which yeah. you don't want to do because you can not really stake a as well. Expert. That's another thing when you have a cryptocurrency to earn more money on that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. neat that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. The yeah. staking part is fun. That's pretty. Yeah. So for people who, let's just say, the demographic who just want to get in, like put their foot in the door. They hear everyone having these conversations about crypto this or crypto that. They see it now at the gas station and the grocery store where you can buy crypto. What do we want to share with them that could be beneficial in regards of entering into that domain? What do you think? Let's just say five things. I won't even say three. And it doesn't have to be five. But look, what's some basic knowledge that you wish when you first learned about it that you knew today? My my cousin CJ said, my friend told me in 2013 to invest in this. And if I did this, I could retire now. I didn't do it. He's retired. Mm. And they're young. so he said i wish i would have listened to this guy yeah so now it's 2021 or 2022 or 2030 we don't know what the time is but what would you say we're not financial advisors no not at all (laughs) not at all we're not 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 even even crypto (laughs) right um experts um i would say first thing like Go through the top 10 or the top 100, if that's too much, just like top 10 to 50, let's say, of the cryptocurrencies. High performing. Yeah. um, I think they're listed by market cap. You can go to coinmarketcap.com and look at the top 50 or whatever and, you know, learn about it and see which ones you believe in Mm -hmm. Um, because... Really, okay, they say there's a lot of scam in the crypto world, but to be honest with you, a lot of the ones that are in the top 100 or even more, like, they're, they have, a, a lot of them have a lot of uses and they have a strong future and they're solving a lot of problems that is useful and will grow in the future. And so, like, well, you understand look into what she's those saying scam. Because there's a lot of pump and yeah, so, I mean, projects. Okay. She, no, what she mean by create. scam, right, not like scam artist type things. Yeah. Those two, but like fake. So there's coins that they create because uh, if you're a developer, you can create a cryptocurrency. And uh, I've heard of one. Um, he just created it for fun just to see. And people started putting money in it overnight. And Dog he, coin? <laughs> no. Oh. no not dogecoin no like, no no dogecoin uh, not dogecoin mm, dogecoin dogecoin see there's so many that are feeding off of there's like yeah baby shiv and uh like there's baby all of these shiv. you know oh, like man. shiba inu of, like oh, right. whatever well, like all the inu gets, stuff right. mm-hmm. yeah. you know and it's confusing even when you type it in you're searching for a coin like you see a lot of knockoffs right and it gets confusing and there are 
probably like 500,000 coins out there. It's just like, yeah, there's a lot of pump and dump when they say like people use it to like pump it up as a group. Like there's these chat groups and different things that work together to pump up the price. Then you get people interested in it because it pops up on the news or they can pay for articles and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And then when people buy in and then they pull out, they dump it. That's what pump and dump is. This is uh, sounding so much like startup. It's a couple of Netflix. It's a couple of levels to it. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, it's so good. It's a couple of levels to to it. And they're going to keep growing. The levels of. of, But I don't want people to get distracted by that. Like. There's thousands of solid coins out there. Yeah, right. Good, okay, nice so infrastructures like, as real well. quick, I'm just circling back. So the first thing is Look research at, yeah. uh, the top ten to one hundred high performing currencies. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. And you know, so you can feel better about it because sometimes there's what people call paper handers, and those are people that panic whenever there's news and things like that, and People pay for those and you shouldn't like base your decision based solely on that. Like there's fake articles that get created all the time that are giving fake information. They call it FUD. It's called propaganda. It's the news. Right. Right. It's just the same difference. Yeah. Yeah. But then on the internet that gets amplified because there's a lot of different sources that you can write on. Yeah. They call it FUD. F-U-D. But yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't have fear, to uncertainty, and doubt. and doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be not citing your source, according to my English teacher. If you don't yeah. cite your source, it's not real. Yeah. yeah. So, in order not to react based on all of the fake news that's out there, um, research the coin for yourself. Then you believe in these projects and take whatever you don't mind completely losing if Mm -hmm. you want to be completely safe about it like Mm -hmm. take what you don't mind like losing just a little bit here and there because with crypto like bitcoin is anywhere between 45 and fifty five thousand dollars and some people don't want to pay that much just getting into crypto but you can buy 0.002 bitcoin and that might be like a lot smaller number (laughs) i don't know what the number Mm -hmm. but yeah so you can buy, you can get into it with whatever you're willing to risk. And then you can like put in a little bit here and there over time. Um, and I could say just like when, okay, for somebody that's just coming in, for me, with my personal experience, I'm Crow.com. So I signed up with, with Crypto.com. Well, I said Crow.com, but Crypto.com. And... My experience with them, of course, I'm noticing Crow when it's about, I think when I, when I joined, they gave you the free $25. So the free $25, they gave you the $25 referral, sign up referral. Yeah. So I was able to watch to see what was going on without even putting any money in, starting off with $25. Me too. So I saw Crow drop. So my $25 in Crow dropped down to like. Yeah, it was eleven cent one at a, once mm-hmm. upon a time, fifteen, eleven cents, and that's kind of how I got a gauge of what was going on. So that's crypto dot com. She educated me that usually the the apps, the 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 
the tokens or the coins that have apps like Binance and some of the other ones, it's it, evidently it's going to do good eventually, basically. So wondering, you know, what is the, what is it, what is it really going to look like? What is it going to look like when it starts to do good? And then I'm a UFC fan and I noticed that, boom, there's a, uh, uh, Instagram post that UFC is now no longer not no longer Reebok. Mm-hmm. Now they're Crow Crypto dot com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sponsor. That was a ding for me. Like, okay, Crow. You know, I don't know too much about this, but if the UFC has taken them on, then they got to be something serious. The UFC they they do, you know. When those Reeboks, those types of contracts, if they're going to put Reebok to the side and pull in, you know, this. Yeah. So. Who's your favorite UFC fighter? Rashad Evans. Okay. So we're still talking about crypto, but Mm -hmm. I just, I just wanted to know real quick. I I'm, guess you didn't even get it out all the way. Yeah, I, I, you, I, I, I mean, you answer quick as hell. <laughs> no, no, <my> <laughs> it's always been Rashad. For a long time. Yeah, he don't even, well, he's actually going to have some kind of fight, not sure, but he's he's retired from yeah, UFC. Yeah, I mean, I know who he is. I yeah. I was watching UFC before it got cool, when it was a little wow, yeah. grimy, and why are you watching that's, people get beat to a pulp? That, and that was it. That was you know what I'm saying? A, like, that's why I had a hard time. Like, man, yeah. this is like fighting pit bulls, this but it's like people. People. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cowboy Cerrone and GSP. Oh, yeah, you, and, WEC. That was you back, know, yeah. back, like, all of the Brazilian like fighters. That, yeah. That's my boy right there. Yeah. I respect. I, 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 know. That would be my favorite, yeah, actually. You know, favorite. Johnny John Bones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he yeah. cool, but Anderson Silva, yeah. he just have that. Shout out to Anderson. Oh, man. Um, well, yeah. He, he just, not only can he talk, I mean, back up what he talks in, he don't really have to talk that much. Yeah. He just got his own personal style. Even the way he get in the ring is yeah. dope. Yeah. yeah, you know he used to come by often. When no, I, when I street perform, he didn't yeah. know that. Stop it! You got to start street performing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Well, you because his gym anymore. is not too far from there, right? The one that he opened out no, here. This was his management used to uh, yeah. come down to California Kitchen and oh. have pizza. They used to come right there. So yeah, I feel right. I got a couple of pictures with him and stuff. It's like yeah, it's out of it's crazy. You? And it was funny. It's weird because. Even to him, you know, I've had to say, you know, well, Rashad Evans is one of my favorite fighters. But oh, <laughs> oh, damn. Why would you tell you, him that? It's just being real. You well, know, I, mean, I still understand him. That's but, you know, yeah. I can say yeah. that's one of the reasons why I started watching UFC. And then it because was even back then. Rashad. Rashad Evans. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was even this YouTube video. He's a cool guy, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, amazing Super guy, cool. just the more I learn about him. I mean, I don't know him personally, but what I do know of him and his He's story, still doing just, a lot of stuff outside yeah, of the cage right. that's, that's, you know, amazing. And he had this video, it was like a highlight video of him winning um, Tough, mm-hmm. the Ultimate Fighter show. Right, right. Oh, man, shit, so it, y'all it even like watched a, that. Man, it was <laughs> real the fun. highlight, yeah. the highlight yeah. video was just crazy. And there was some music behind it. It was a whole little thing about the presentation. But just, you know, how it, they talked about, you know, he just fight with so much spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, and a, just showing a lot of clips. 
And that kind of just, it came on and then, you know, the rest was after that, you know, knockouts, mm-hmm. left and right. And yeah. Yeah. I, I I love that. I didn't know that you all were into UFC like that. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a diehard yeah. fan. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't say diehard because there's some real I, diehard, diehard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it but is. I'm, I'm, yeah, I play the game. Basically. Okay. I probably start watching like 2007. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I used to watch it. Yeah. Might have been around the yeah. same time. Yeah. yeah, and um, I mean, really watch it before I looked at it a little bit. But as far as like, okay, it's fight night, or it's about to be a tournament or a championship or whatever. And then I think when I saw the Diaz brothers, it like it was Cali too, because they oh, used yeah. to always come out to Tupac, yeah. and I was like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like I love the guys too, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's just I got so much respect for all of the fights because it's just it's a complete different mm-hmm. mind bending sport. Mm-hmm. Just what them people can do, even when playing the game, it is it has so much to do. Even like you could lose a certain way, mm-hmm. and, and it's not like certain games, shooting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it, Rainbow Six? Will mess with me mentally if I got to clutch anything one on one and trying to clutch it. It'll I can't say mentally. It mess with your headache. You can have a headache afterwards. But UFC is a game actually that kind of gets your testicles. Well, for me as a male, uh, I, like, I, don't, I don't know that feeling. But <laughs> for a loss, a certain loss, yeah. and it got to be adrenaline or it just got to be testosterone to a certain degree as well. That it's a certain. Almost like the losses, damn near, you know, is as fun as the win because it's the loss sometimes that'll get you more like, mm-hmm. all right. And it's going to be a rematch behind that one, too. You I'm know? coming back. Yeah, yeah. I got I'm, I got to have back. my say because this wasn't right. And that's just the yeah. video game. Uh, right. I have. I don't know anything about that's it. That's just but. the video. So when they even when it comes to Dylan, of course, how they say with the fight world and. Yeah, testosterone has a lot to do with everything and the whole science of it's more mental than, yeah. you know, than physical from women and and men. Because, of course, the whole you look at the women that fight as well. And this is a, that's a whole nother level of respect. Yeah. A I whole, mean, just a, it's cool. a, they, they get down. And I mean, Ronda Rousey gets a lot of props, but there's so many other people within that realm. That, oh, yeah. They definitely have moved know, past her yeah, as far like, as on the prop side. When, But I think what she did was take the spotlight and put it on her so long that she was able to give a lot of other women there that shine from what I saw because she ended up in a lot of commercials. And she was somebody that Dana was like, okay, you're going to be the one for the women who's going to like push it and And take it. She was one of the first faces of it like that. Mm -hmm. I can say she was, but I can also say being a fan of the sport. She was a terrible champ. She was a crybaby. I used to champ. call her crybaby Rousey, and that's real. Sorry. Well, I won't say crybaby Rousey. Man, she used to always start crying, man. But like, that's, all that, that, that's the fight game. Though. Not, not crying like tears, like whining about losses. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, shit, if I got knocked in the head, I'm pretty sure I would cry too. But that's not, I'm talking about, um, you know how LeBron is always crying about some totally poor sportsmanship. That's what I mean. And and, and I'm not a, a fan champ, of poor sportsmanship. Almost, when I say terrible champ, 
when I mean just like, yeah, it kind of did a little bit with the, it was her, her image thing as well. But going into, I think, the Holly Holmes fight kind of did some mm. things mentally. And it was, I don't know. Like I said, all fighters don't touch gloves. So touching gloves, you know, hey, I see that what as What do you respect. think about so, that for the people who don't touch gloves? Do you think that they're not good sports? Or are they just in their zone and they're no, like, that's oh, it depends on, that's on it, purpose. It depends on what was said. Because you supposed to bow to the person when you're, you know, in karate, right? You I, I can bow. say, is you Boom. still say it depends on what was said leading up to the fight. I'm almost positive Holly Holmes ain't say nothing that was that disrespectful <laughs> to where she couldn't get a, a hand tap. The pre, we talking the preacher's daughter. Right. So. Mm. Well, I don't, I mean, PK. You know, that that was that was, you know, one thing that just kind of was like, ah, you know, and then she lost the fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, I guess that's what not just her, but with other fighters from, you know, you can put that together with the, the respect. If you notice the disrespect. You know, it's just I don't think I remember I don't I'm, I'm I don't remember Rashad not touching gloves. Most fighters touch gloves period it's a part of the do. sport yeah. I, I mean, a, to me a, i think that's just the least you can like do I, said, I can see if y'all yeah. talk shit yeah you're connor even and when you connor, have to even when connor you have khabib, to talk shit. i don't know but if you connor and khabib i don't know that's sometimes <laughs> yo i just i don't know but oh, okay respect still yeah like i said that's one thing coming in and she didn't keep fighting she did come back and did the Amanda Nunes, but then if she wasn't the champ, she just was, I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. That's what the crybaby piece is about. It's not real tears. Yeah, it's the okay. whole personality, the persona, the aura that and it's mental, I'm going to take my mental. ball and go home the minute that I'm not. I can't win. Yeah, then I don't want to do it no more. But it's, it's a tough-ass sport. Man, really I'm not know. getting in the ring with nobody <laughs> to punch my lights out like that. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't care who's there. Yeah. I give all respect. So I'm, that's where, I'm a like talking said, head I, where I can even say she didn't do this or he didn't do that. You couldn't pay me. No, I look like Martin on that episode when he got in the <laughs> ring. You know? yeah. my, I would, it would be just like that. Like I go in there with all the confidence in the world, but in the end, my eye would be swollen. My ear would be big and I'd be like, baby, you still love me because I'd be fucked up. <laughs> I've never pretended like I could do it, but I love watching it. And I can have an opinion because I'm not in there. Right. You know, that's just it. I could just have an opinion. But I yeah. do love the sport. And I have questioned why I like blood sport. Because I like boxing. <laughs> but boxing <laughs> isn't Hell the no. same as UFC. I can't so do what it's can you long. say? But you watch I can, UFC. I can though. almost I can almost it's, do boxing. UFC now. is more violent. UFC helped me be able to do no, boxing. The, the blood and all of that, that turns me off about UFC. It's hard for me to watch somebody that's like I mean, they be bloody. Yeah, bleeding weird, weird. and got like swollen Sweat, and uh, like ear broke. But yeah, it's not I can't watch too that. too often it's, you you really get that. You get it, man. Look, look at the fighters and how they look if they've been fighting. Look at BJ Penn. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> there was a fight when 
it was him I strongly believe, and maybe it's not, and I'm getting him confused with somebody else. But he said, I promised my wife this would be the last fight because when I come home, yeah. my kids are horrified. Because we just see the last, you know, the yeah. after interview. But think yeah. about what happens. You turn it purple and black. You swollen. You watching your daddy just get pummeled. Like, and then you got to come home and recover from that repeatedly over years. That's a bit traumatic. Yeah. And But even like looking at with, with BJ at the part of his, his career where he had to say that. It was after. It was at the end. It was at the end. Yeah. Right. It was more of. And for, I could say with a lot of fighters, it's more of the end of your career with the UFC, not necessarily fighting. Because plenty of fighters have taken that three loss, gotten them through the losses where you get kicked out your contract with the UFC and you go over to another organization and you're back. still getting paid. No, they don't even come back to the UFC. You just still get paid. Because you got Bellator, PFL, you got a lot of other main stages now super stages one champion Mm -hmm. they got a lot of stuff out there right now to where if you you know if you don't feel like i could you know ufc is it's one of the biggest it's like the major record label to a certain degree (laughs) okay yes death row but my point is why do we (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for all think about it literally in dana shook but (laughs) (laughs) why do we like it this is yeah. what 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 is it? Okay, so what my, is it about fighting? One of my strongest respects. Like I wanted to learn some of these things, like yeah. Muay Thai and different. Same. So I guess that that part of it, the I I can do I can watch it a lot better than like boxing. Boxing is just like you know, it's boxing. Like UFC is a lot of different techniques. You know, somebody's coming in with I was gonna say that yeah, too wants to wrestle somebody's coming in with um, BJP in last fight <laughs> he didn't get beat up the guy rolled in on him got him in the leg lock and tapped him out mm-hmm. that's and what that I was love, quick that's what I love about the sport too Shit, that you was know a good fight too. yeah yeah and that's what you gotta love about the sport mm-hmm. I mean about the, the about the sport <laughs> period you know it's just I didn't see some wild taps oh man they're getting better mm-hmm. They're getting mm-hmm. better. That's what's so. That's what I love about it too. You seeing more technical stuff. Even uh, uh, um, Michael Venom Page, he got a weird leg tap, well, leg tap off a guy one time, and it was so confident. He knew what he was doing. We've never seen it, but he knew it was coming, and he got the guy and he and wrapped him in the guy. Yeah, we're still looking for the the technical. What? Where was the what, pain at? Right. I think when I first saw Rear Naked Choke, I was like, this is a wild-ass sport. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like a Superman or a a hammer fist. It was just, it was something. And I know, because I'm asking you guys, but I know why I am attracted to that type of sport. It's not just visceral. I respect the fighters. I just... I mean, I used to do a lot of fighting when I was a kid. So there's that. That's a whole nother principal <laughs> office type thing. I, right. I, I was that kid. Surprisingly, yeah. I used to fight a lot. But um, I had to because people, I was little. You know, I was a preemie when okay. I was born. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, w- I didn't hit 100 pounds until I was like 17 years old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
And I'm still not far from 100, even though, I mean, these clothes make me look bigger, but I, it took me a long time to hit 100 pounds. And so between, I don't know, I guess elementary, early elementary to middle school, I ended up doing a lot of fighting. And <laughs> that doubled with being from, um, being from out here, like I talk about, but being raised in a predominantly white neighborhood and being oh, you just find white kids oh man oh man <laughs> because what happened <laughs> was oh, i man. went to school and i was being you know attacked because i was the only black it was like me or teddy that was the other black guy it was me the only black girl and then teddy the only black guy and then i transferred it to another school and it was still just me only so as a kid, you're not tapped into that concept. I remember you talking yeah. about, like, I'm not surprised by the older people. It's the younger people. Yeah. Mm. And at maybe fourth or fifth grade, I started to feel that otherness mm. from the kids, not just yeah. the parents. Uh. And I remember specifically a, a girl had invited me to spend the night. And she was like my neighbor. We always played at school. We lived in the same neighborhood. We we're having a sleepover. And, you know, her dad and my dad were kind of like Mr. Moms or whatever. So they arranged it. I went over. We had a great time. Pizza, blah, blah, blah. Went to sleep. And her mom wasn't there because maybe she worked like nights or something like that. And in the middle of the night, her mom came home. And it was all of this commotion, like arguing or whatever. And I heard, like, you have that nigger here. She cannot be in our house. Mm. And I had to leave. That was like eight or nine or something like that. Wow. My dad came and got me. And there's a conversation around that as a kid that you don't understand what that means because you're just, you know. What, what city is this? Torrance, California. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There's, I experienced way more racism in California <laughs> than, yes. than in the South. Me too. I, I, I be telling people that and they get yeah. So I don't want to hold up our conversation on crypto, but to just touch yeah. on this, like, we show skated off. I know, and it's because it's of me fine, with the UFC man. and the money. But I just, I you know, once you say UFC, it was like, dude, <laughs> I just went yeah, right because no shoot. one talks <laughs> about UFC. Like I don't really have that conversation. Man. Everybody wants to talk about basketball and football, but yeah. that UFC is still in me. I don't even I'm watch like, basketball. Gonna go football, and yeah. watch a fight tonight. But anyway. <laughs> about me fighting and I think why there's that attraction is because I was in that environment mm -hmm. and one day in that same school year at Torrance Elementary a little girl called me a nigger didn't know what that really meant mm -hmm. because even though I was in the predominantly white neighborhood to live and go to school all of my family was in South Central LA so I still went there every day on the weekends. Yeah. I was there. I was with my grandparents. All my family is black. I don't, I just go to school here. I I love me. I don't have no questions about am I good or bad or none of that. Cause it's always reinforced to me that I'm great. Right. It's just here where I'm different. 
And when she said that, I knew it was wrong, but I just didn't know what it was. I, I didn't know what it was. And so when I came home from school that day, I told my dad about it. And he was like, what? She, she called you what? And I told him. And he was like, tell your brother to come here. And my brother is like 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I went upstairs and I got him and my dad was like, make a fist. And, and don't have your thumb in there. Let me see you make a fist. And he had my brother hold his hands up. And we practiced fighting that day. Like just... And he was like, if anybody ever calls you that again, that's what you do. Mm. So the next day, <laughs> literally the next day, she did it again. Mm. And I went UFC. <laughs> yeah. Honor, like honor. And it was such a shock because the day before I just sat and ate my lunch. I didn't like it, but it wasn't, you know. Yeah. But this time I just went like nuts. <laughs> the boss was like, don't, don't come home this what, again. This what you do. Yeah, you know, he just activated like yeah. I'm born identity. Like I'm on it. And my principal broke it up and it was a big thing. But nobody ever called me that again. So shout out to Jennifer Ball, the bitch who said it, wherever you're at. <laughs> Still remember her name. Still remember. I ain't gonna forget that. Never forget that. But Activation. Yeah, totally. Your ass, Mr. Smith. <laughs> You're you gonna get that when you watch The Matrix. Right, okay. Mr. Smith. So, Your ass. <laughs> yeah, but I think from that point on, just it felt powerful to be able to know how to fight and to be underestimated. So mm -hmm. I think I, I like the underdog for that reason. Cause I was yeah. always the underdog. And then when I would beat people up who were bigger than me, it would be this fanfare of people around who were like, Oh wow. You know, you, you did that. I can't believe that you know how to fight like that. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you don't look like you know how to fight. And also I never had to fight cause I'm the youngest. So I always had my, Brothers and sisters are cousins. Yeah, but the youngest yeah. still know how to but fight because the, they the youngest. But they also get picked on. <laughs> they the youngest. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until I think like ninth grade that one of my vice principals was like, what are you doing? You, There's no reason for you to be in here like this. You're too smart for that. And, and I let that go. But man, yeah, I used to fight all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it can... I guess that's UFC fighters too. That's a lot of them. They just, yo, I just, always I fought. used to fight. I, yeah. I like fighting. I get a you know, I just like fighting. So I started doing it for a living. And, I don't have it in me to hit people, but I do want to learn how to fight. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I just can't. It's in your DNA. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. You just yeah. got to tap into it. It's not to be violent against others. You know, self-defense is the only way. I know, but yeah. I'll be like, oh, I know that hurts. I just hit the person. Yeah. Like, that's what it, you I can't know, even, it's not even really about people. I just want to, you know, the art, it's a discipline that comes along with, that you know, too. with it as yeah. well. But 
I can say why I like it the most is more of the respect for the athletes. After hearing like um, MMA um, athletes are some of the highest, or, or you know, they train the hardest, hardest training athletes in all sports, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a ding, like a snapping point to where it was like, all right, let me you know look into this out of respect. Let me watch it out of respect and see if I could just get more to it. And then, yeah, it's like after that, it came the Rashad thing and rolled over a little bit more, watched some more stuff. And yeah, I was a fan. Played the game, loved the game, still played the game. If y'all want to catch them hands, K Carpenter on PlayStation 4. (laughs) Catch them hands any day on the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. I've retired my gloves. I haven't had a fight since I was 16. Yeah, but once UFC, I guess to swing all the way around. Bring it back full circle. Once UFC picked up Crow or Crypto.com, mm-hmm. yeah, that was one of the first things of this coin could have some potential. Right. And then, what is it, 60 cents later? Yeah. Right now? Mm. It fluctuates, but yeah. Yeah. We've been making a lot of movements lately. And and as you already know, out of all things like how, crypto.com arena. Yeah, um, when you said that I was because I was checking the traffic today and just whenever I go downtown, I just type in staples because that's kind of like the main point. They mm-hmm. changed it. And when I looked, even though I typed in Staples Center, it came up as crypto.com. And oh, so wow. I said, oh, it's official. I told my guy, crypto's in Google Maps. Yeah, crypto.com. Yep, it's there. So that's one of my personal experiences of kind of getting a taste of noticing a coin, mm-hmm. seeing it over here, and then actually just for November, mm-hmm. it started to jump, like jump, jump. Okay, I'm on crypto.com too. I think the thing that people who want to sign up are should know or be prepared for is their stages that you have to go through as far as identifying yourself. It's yes. not just an app where you can put your number or you put your email address. You yeah, have to have facial res- recognition. Yeah. It, it's very secure. You right. need to put in your ID and give them all your information. Um and also, there's a difference between, I think, I didn't know this starting off, but I know this now. Um, there's a difference between exchange and wallet. Mm-hmm. So, crypto.com is a is an exchange. Yeah. Um, there is a DeFi wallet that's crypto.com, um, and that's a wallet. And then there's Coinbase, which is an exchange. That's another, like, really big exchange. Um, only has a few coins though and that's what i like about crypto.com it has a lot of them um so crypto uh, coinbase is a exchange you can buy sell trade um uh cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and then there's crypt, uh, coinbase wallet so it, which is just a wallet you can't really trade in it it's just so a lot of people recommend that you don't store your coin 
for long term in the exchange. You should transfer it over to a DeFi wallet. Um, some of these are like MetaMask, Trust Wallet, Coinbase Wallet. Um, there's a few other ones. And you can also, so these are, I guess you can call them cloud wallets, but you can also store it in a physical device Mm -hmm. so you can have it because some people feel safer having it in something physical just in case something happens to the exchange or to the the, um, company that created the wallet Um, they just want to have some security and store it in a physical device so there's a lot of different options but I just want to make sure people know the difference between because I didn't know this in the beginning there's uh, exchange and there's wallets and I still have a a lot of my um, crypto assets in exchanges because I just don't, you know, I'm not too scared and I haven't had a chance to move them into wallets, but um, there's a difference between those. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> no, no apologies necessary. <laughs> this year I want to... And I'm still in 2021. Yeah, we're in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 whatever that other there. dimension yeah, is that you <laughs> talked about. But I want to be paid in crypto. Yeah. Okay. I want, I mean, not 100%. I'm not mm-hmm. there yet because I still mess with cash and other forms of payment. But yeah. I really feel like just at least setting that intention having traveled to so many other places where people don't even use money like the way that we know it as far as dollar bills and coins and also understanding back to what we were talking about from a tribal standpoint like people used to deal in cowrie shells so what cowrie shells you know oh okay yeah 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 shell that a lot of people they Mm -hmm. call them puka shells (laughs) shells <laughs> but that was a currency for a lot of tribes mm. there's always been so many forms of currency so we can't get caught up on dollars right yeah you know we i mean people deal in diamonds people deal in gold they, there's so many other and ways even yeah. bar even a barter system energy right. and right the u.s dollar yeah. is not really even backed by gold oh and a my lot, there's a lot of currency so if people try to make cryptocurrency and all of that like really this is kind of silly why would we trade our dollars to this currency and things like that why would we hold some of this currency or why would you change your you know uh your real money for fake money but you know it's not it, the U.S. currency is just paper, right? And they keep printing right. more colored paper and, that, you know, <laughs> that has no it's not backing. backed by gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. everyone trusts it, and you know, until they don't. More and more people are putting trust <laughs> in mm-hmm. Bitcoin and other Ethereum because Bitcoin so is on Cash App. Yeah, yeah, it's already on Cash App. So, so yeah. about I'm that ATMs Cash App and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what about Cash App? Well, I drank a lot of water. I probably need to take a break. But I do want to talk about that. Because you guys know next year, anything over a certain amount of money. Yeah. You know about no, that? No, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Anything over $500? Over, I thought, 600 Okay. Um, they're supposed to be reporting 
to the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and they Got said him. it's for like, you know, to make sure the rich are being taxed. No, and yeah, it's not for that. No, <laughs> like, don't even use catch. Th- that's the I think point. Elon explained it perfectly. I forgot what he said, but it was pretty funny. He had a little tweet about that whole thing. It's not for. Yeah, but we gonna take yeah, a little take a break. short one. Be back. We were talking about the whole cash app and the right. yeah, we were talking about what um the five hundred you can't send no more than five hundred dollars. It's not is you it? can't send. Yeah, it's no. like you. Oh, when you do send they're more, gonna, they're just gonna report it. The IRS know? is gonna start <laughs> auditing things that are over five hundred or whatever. Right. I'm laughing because <laughs> is it five hundred dollars? said. They are going to start as though they haven't already been. Right. right. Because I keep saying that, but now that I hear other people saying it, I have the opportunity to think about how it sounds even more. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they are doing that is because they've been seeing how much money these people are making. You insert what they said when they say these mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hell no. We we thought they would just you know they they doing a lot of transacting yeah you know because Cash App is the like yeah. the deal like yeah Cash App me Venmo me mm-hmm. uh, Zelle me not so much but that too and and like we missing the mark we we gotta get involved so that's yeah. once I saw a lot of small business owners reaching out to me in like September October even before they made that big announcement and saying I'm not gonna do it this more anymore i was wondering because even when i did my taxes in um i think i think i did them in like april my accountant said he couldn't accept cash app <coughs> and that was a red flag because i'm like why you did before mm-hmm. but he already knew then i think the press release mm-hmm. for the whole deal came way in the fall or something yeah. like that but that's what it is to be a student, have some knowledge of things. And that's why I really asked the question about crypto. Um, and I know we can talk a little bit about NFTs and not the, the taco version, but just really where it's going because I don't know that much, but I know enough and, and I'm building on it, but I know some people just don't know anything. And it's like, it's again, back to isolation. Like, I I don't know what the heck y'all talking about. I I see it. I hear it. But I wouldn't even know where to begin. And we only know a little portion of what we're talking about because it's so brand new. It's new. But it's not new to everybody. But it still kind of is because it's still new. It's just it's gaining more exposure. That's it. Because for a minority of people, like the people who came up with certain pieces of it to even be a participant, that's this. This is the now for them. This is what they were working toward was notoriety and, you know, social acceptance. Because when they started with it, it was just a a test, Mm -hmm. a theory idea that they hoped they could put with the masses and now it's a hit yeah even with nfts it's like to most people it's very new even for me but i heard 
people talking about oh, I got into it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just the level of exposure is growing just like for Bitcoin, you know, people were talking about it being a scam like a few years ago. Still, even now, a lot of people think it's a scam. Um, and, you know, it's just it's growing a lot more. You see it in ATMs now here in L.A. I've seen it in ATMs and random stores. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just the level of exposure is just really growing. Can I draw a connection? Mm-hmm. It, it's there, but it's not. It might be a reach. But when we met, I had locks all the way down my back. Yeah. And people were like, why you got locks? <laughs> <laughs> and Kwame was starting locks right around, yeah. you know, that time. Now locks are like yeah. accepted. You know, you you got laws Especially to protect you to even be on a quote-unquote professional job. You can't discriminate against people where before certain employers wouldn't even allow you to walk in the door. I didn't know that. Yeah, I remember this this show with Oprah and Cory Booker. You guys remember Cory Booker? He was right. he I, was the mayor yeah, of Newark, yeah. New Jersey in maybe the 90s, might have been the early 2000s. I don't I know. Maybe yeah, early 2000s, recent, yeah. right? Cuz he's in the Senate now. But he got his start as the mayor of Newark. And yeah. he was doing a cutting edge thing by having young black people in his office. You know, where, um, you know, you might have a picture of Biggie or Tupac. Or they're using hip hop and working with uh, Roz Baraka, who's a Mary Baraka's son, to help bring policies and um, ideas that were more grassroots driven. And it was this big thing, like, oh, it's a young black guy. He's the mayor. He's one of the first people that started that idea that young black people could be civically engaged on that level and make a difference. Mm -hmm. So Oprah had him on her show. Mm -hmm. And he was saying how dynamic it is to bring young people into this space and what they were doing. And she was commending him. And then he said, yeah, but, you know, you have to look the part. That was what he was pushing. And one of the things that he said wasn't looking the part was having natural hair Mm. and having locks. So, And I was with him all the way into that point because I had natural hair. And I was like, damn. So even in the space that's created for us, by us, you still not allowed to to do that. Yeah. And... Um, what Jay Z is over a bill now, and he got wicks. He don't even have locks. <laughs> he got wicks. That's I the the only people I know that were successful with wicks was Haitians in Miami. I didn't know there was Zopan like that. that type of like you could move around I didn't with know money. Okay, it was wicks, huh? Yeah, because that's how so you thick. start, you know. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's really uh, homage to Rastaman vibes. Who was like, you don't need to pretty up locks. You right. grow them, and that's uh. Uh, you're basically rebelling against the idea of being clean cut. Mm-hmm. So even having locks, even for a lot of people who are from Jamaica, that's not accepted. You're counterculture. But now locks, 
afros, no haircut, beards, everything that was counterculture is accepted. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I think about what you're saying with crypto and how there's this idea of, no, it's dangerous and you'll lose your money. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't hug it at night and tuck you in with your dollars covering (laughs) you. (laughs) It's an idea. Don't do it. But now more and more people, you know, are getting paid in crypto, signing contracts with crypto. Now, I was just talking about I don't gangbang, but I'm a crip because he messed with crypto. Nipsey <laughs> was talking to the community about crypto before he got killed. I wonder mm-hmm. is that a coincidence, but that's another conversation. But it is more and more accepted. Yeah. But if you yeah. go to Asia, they were already on this paying. They didn't, you can't get food with cash. You need to use your phone to pay yeah. digitally. So I just think we continue to be behind. Yeah. Even if you look at uh, recently, a video came up from probably the early 90s um, and what they thought about personal computers and um <clears throat> People getting their news through um, <laughs> the, you know, their yeah. personal computers. You yeah. Know? And some guy was saying, this is going to be the future. We'll see. You know, <laughs> just how they were talking about having a personal computer and, you know, getting your news through that yeah. and all of that. It's, it was all spooky and yeah, unknown, right? You know, and I'm sure they, a lot of people talked about the internet and computers like us oh, evil or it's just like mm-hmm. it's you know there's all kinds of negative things being spread like you know there's all kinds of fake news there you got to be careful how you do your research um i remember at school when you're doing mm-hmm. research you got to use a book because yeah, the and, internet is or wrong they they started letting you use the internet but then like they have these trusted sites and you can only get your Sight research from, there. from mm-hmm. from those sites yeah. because you know there's all kinds of fake sites out there anybody <laughs> like can wikipedia do yeah. you remember when they it was like wikipedia and i remember yeah. i used to be so like yeah, I mean, who gets their news from Wikipedia? <laughs> right. Yeah, and now like, everybody, Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> everybody goes to Wiki. Right, so exactly. But then it was like, yeah, that's where people just go on there and write what they think <laughs> is true. <laughs> yeah, and now that's the thing, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like to say, like Google it. It's yeah. recognizing Google those it. patterns and saying, okay. I want to be in the forefront of certain things. I'm I'm tired of like uh, being the late adopter, especially something that can this world that's, changing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they keep saying it's the transfer of wealth and all of these things, and I want to be in the forefront of that. Um, and I it like came the idea such of a transferring time, wealth. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, NFTs came at such a time where there was almost like a low vibration. I guess dealing with music wise, because it was one of the on the music break, so it was almost feeling like when the world has turned off because of you know everything that happened, the whole industry has changed, and now it's more like the universe is like here, here's something new, you, NFTs. Mm-hmm. So it was like a recharge, like okay, wait, what is what is this? You say. Music artists gonna be doing what? What 
you said music artist. This got something to do with me or something, you know. And then to see what it is. And then it's like, oh, this is the future, future. So it's like it's a, a whole new charge. Like, thank God there's something new to basically find a way to get rich off of. One more thing to get generational wealth and also to express your art or music-wise. And it's also outside of the, um, like I said, it's an independent person. It's out a little bit, still in the matrix, but it's still a little more freedom to your creativity. Yeah, and you can make passive income, like mining and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mining, staking, you can make passive income. Um, And it doesn't just have to deal with physical people as well, as far as with me. When when I say physical people, that's like um, fans. When you're dealing with, you know, you got to promote something or go into a, a job physically or to, you know, even just coming from where I'm coming from, you kind of having to cater to, like I said, the fan thing, post hits, do this, do music here, do music there. Social media marketing. Yeah, I mean, I saw that um, Snoop's son has his own crypto that's attached to a video game. And, you know, the more levels you complete, the more... We actually do want to do something like that. I thought that was pretty cool. He launched it a little bit. I mean, it's been out there, but he did a big launch over the last week at the Lakers game where... He had it set up and he showed how it worked. He had some people from um, NFT Kings. You all know that. I'm f- I think I'm yeah, familiar. those guys. So they yeah. were kind of there supporting it. Unfortunately, I can't remember the name of it, but I thought it was cool that he wanted to make it more accessible to his community. Yeah. And that's the best part about NFTs is like having you can add um, what they call a utility or use to it afterwards. Yeah. And you can, you know, that's what Gary V says, you know, the shout out the to best, Gary Vanager. Yeah, I love that's Gary V, but Man. he has a best way of explaining these things because he catches on pretty early and he has time to kind of ponder and look at things. But um, he was saying. Uh, Sidetrack. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I just had a utilities. Part. It was about the utilities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So utilities. you can add utilities okay. to them afterwards, and that's what he says. Like, why you should buy my NFTs? Somebody asked him why should they buy your NFT, and he's like, you can because you have trust in me to keep adding utility to it afterwards to keep making you know the investors money. You know, mm-hmm. he worded it something like that, probably a little bit better. But, you know, just <laughs> summarizing, um, you can keep adding ways to for people to make money off of it or va- more value to it. Um, so, and you can, you know, make it give you access to exclusive things, events, um, games, um, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about in a different episode, like people use a, a different ice wearable nfts to get into poker games to yeah. make real world money um we actually have an idea for something like that in the future <clears throat> where we're going to create nfts and then we'll use them in the game you'll be mining them in the game and then um 
dot 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 dot. Y'all not getting that for free. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> da, da, well, da. y'all don't have what we have, so it ain't too much y'all will do about it. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's so, how we sorry, are. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we, 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 it's one in millions. <laughs> one in millions. But even just like with the album, though, say, you know, you, you purchase my album, is, and it's digital, but it comes with a uh, t shirt. I send you crystal um we have a listen party in a certain place and you get access to that and then maybe say two years from now i do something else and do a live version of that album and you probably still get access Mm -hmm. to that and when you say keep adding on yeah yeah it's just i mean it's back to tribes this tribe you have to pay in crypto to be a part of by getting an nft and mm-hmm. that's really what it looks like. It's like um, they got communities. When you say tribe, yeah. you would say we uh, <laughs> would probably be a part of the Shib Army. Shib Army, okay. like that's yeah. that's one of the things that. So Sheba Inu, the token, oh okay, the Shib, okay. the people who invest yeah. in that, yeah, you guys Shib are part Army, of those, that army. That that army is what propelled the success of this coin to be where it's at. Okay, it's like. Fancy. It's the yeah. community. But do you guys know how to do the rear naked choke as a part of the <laughs> army? <laughs> but no, but they, on well, the other side, it, that's well, the that's in between. You know, the next maybe four to five years, we at least would be able to pay somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, hey, I mean, um, that's the people's army. And then Saitama has the wolf pack. Uh, there's. You know, okay, so each coin has their backers in their own name. Yeah, like their Rih- Rihanna got the navy. And I right? feel like yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. Cash on me. Like Joe, Army, Joe got his own navy. crypto. Yeah. yeah. Speaking so, of cash money, shout out to Juvie. I just had to do that. I don't know. Why. Wait, hold, wait a minute. So wait a minute. Wait. Juvie. Now I got to get on. Wait, why are we shooting? Why are we shouting out Juvie? I know ya. I'm a little upset when. Oh, you, Mother Soldier. Did you see the video though with Juvie? <laughs> no, I didn't. What did I miss? Did I was that? just talking about 400 Degrees. Okay. okay. One of the best albums yeah, I was ever. talking about uh, Vax That Ass Up. No. <laughs> no. All right, that's another, that's another conversation. Okay, uh, no. <laughs> Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> blacks, blacks that ass up. I should have said. I'm Let's never part. go there again. I'm so sad. Damn. Yes. I guess I'll go back to my and so the, it's it's you know crypto. It took me some time. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for my wife to put it in there, but it's like yeah, it's the. It's the whole package. Yeah. Musician, artist. It's layers. Oh yeah, it's the it's the future of money. The future is now. You know, and hip hop run a lot of stuff. Entertainment and it's entertainment. It's the future probably of a lot of even entertainment stuff that we don't even really probably know about yet because of the metaverse stuff. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I was watching the other day, I think it was yesterday, about this guy who spends a lot of time in the metaverse. I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast, but like yeah. he was saying like what all he does in the in the metaverse and I'm like, Wow. Yeah. Like oh man uh, him and his friends will get together and 
play pool, smoke, and shoot the shit. Like, um, he does comedy in the metaverse, like, just like yeah. going to a comedy club in real life. I told almost, you guys, too, almost, Short had strippers in the metaverse. and mm, We and could probably do this podcast in the metaverse. Why not? Yeah. Let's go. At, how do we get there? And I was going to say that <laughs> yeah. earlier. I just recently got into this um, oh, yeah, Adobe um, Adobe like product called uh, Character, a character animator. Mm-hmm. And basically you can use, we can get characters designed of us. And basically this program, whenever you're talking, it, it's lip synced. Yeah. So and even hand movements and everything. So so be more cartoon. Like we can, you can actually it. give it the audio of the podcast, and it will lip sync to the character, this and we'll have a cartoon version of this podcast, which I think will be. Cool. It's super yeah. cool, and yeah. then it's super Sometimes. weird for somebody who prided themselves on being so private and anti-establishment to <laughs> feed into so many different you're talking about it's just more of, creative this is not but really even for her like, public speaking i like that you said that as far as it being creative because i completely agree and i think that we can get ourselves into a space of stagnation mm-hmm. by going against what we see as the not even the norm but like being a sheep like oh everybody's doing it i don't want to do that i'm like i'm not on that and it's not that it's really survival because you have to evolve in order to have any sort of not only personal but like global revolution there's evolution within that and you cannot be the same person your society cannot be the same I'm looking for a renaissance. When I think about it, you know, that was a part of history that always excited me was the Harlem Renaissance. When we decided to tap back into ourselves, all that genius, all that creativity, all that power, all that essence that nobody else has, that heavy melanin, like us, the sun people, the musical people, like the swag, whatever you want to call it, you could take any of our like phrases but we had that and no one could touch our writing our poetry our music our dress our love stories our family our cooking soul food none of that we, it was it just, just came from a, uh, bam you trying to hold us back that's fine take this so now i'm hoping that this is what that looks like like the renaissance for us the crypto renaissance are the crypto noir renaissance, whatever you want to call it's, it. Like, let's make it some. I mean, you guys out here mining rocks. What is a crystals? I was about to Excuse me. They, they don't really like to be called rocks. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Minerals. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's you're mining. Almost the N word on them. The, Let's keep that at crystals. Okay. <laughs> no, that's just, fair. That's fair. Just no, but for real, though. No, no because they are crystals. <laughs> but either way, as, as geologists, you know, I go there, but that's not what everybody else is doing. Not to say that you all have ever done what everybody else is doing, but yeah. I just like the idea that we could be headed towards something completely different. And since so much of people's everyday life revolves around money, 
our currency, it's a great place to start. And when you use the word creativity, it really made me think of today's principle for Kwanzaa, which is Kumba, Mm -hmm. which is about Mm -hmm. creativity. So I tapped into that because let's be creative. I feel like both of you are super creative. Yeah. And it's definitely a creative you know, year. It's it's that's that's the intention to set as well to do something different that you haven't done before and for it not to be intimidating to you, but exhilarating. Yeah. Like this is exciting. Like this is the year I learned to swim. Like we were talking about black people do swim. Mm-hmm. This is the year that I learned to swim. This is the year that I bought fifty dollars in crypto or yeah. whatever. This is the year that I locked my hair up. I don't know. It might be that you permed your hair. I don't know. Whatever it is, this is the year that I stopped drinking. This is the year I started. But you know, get on a side and embrace it. This is the year that I decided. Like we were talking about before we started recording, exercising more. Oh yeah, man. That's you know, sweet. we said drinking more water, like being healthy. Um, this shirt I have on PHL, Pushing Healthy Lifestyles. Okay, that's, I was curious yeah, on what it that's, was. That's a line by Jason Washington, and his whole thing is about being in shape mentally, physically, emotionally, and yeah, spiritually. Being balanced. Yeah, and it's a complete balance right down to aligning with his spouse, whose line is Key Fit, Keisha. And so she's Keisha Fitness, but it's Key Fit, and it's waistband training, um, and it's not the shit that squeezes your whole organs, you know? <laughs> yeah. but it's really encouraging you to look good and feel good. And there's a spiritual base within mm. this whole product. PHL is a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. And that's how I want to approach 2022 consistent self-improvement. This is the perfect place to be because that's what we're all moving towards. And when I think about this brand, it is about discipline. And I think that's what we need. Because, you know, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm amazed that I'm able to buckle down and do all the stuff that I do. Because I really have just tunnel vision. I'm like this, this, and this. And then other times it's like, damn. Like you said, you had all these miles to Santa Monica. Yeah. yeah. And then you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I, I don't know, but I when I look at um Jason, who I like I was saying, created this company, he is super disciplined. He gets to the gym, he eats right, he keeps that spiritual foundation. And it's an inspiration for me because I know I struggle with that. And we all yeah. probably fall, fall short yeah. of what we do. But even when I would put your shirt on, whenever you guys gave me that shirt, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just felt like more improved. It was it was kind of like, okay, you know, first you think, then you feel. So the mind goeth, then the man follow. Yeah. And even saying that phrase over and over again, for me, as a meditation, you guys know that that's where I really dig deep and feel good is when I'm meditating. I can say that and feel like just keep going, yeah. you know. So that's what I want is to improve. I feel that every day, and this has been a long time, just personal meditation, 
be better today than you were yesterday. Yeah, a little yeah. bit by little. Yeah, bit. it doesn't matter that. how much more this year, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Then I can build on that so that the next day it's even further towards that personal renaissance. And even all of this, like I could say, I didn't rebuild. And people probably sit here and look at it it's like, shit, it looked like y'all rebuilt at least something. Mm-hmm. But it was a little bit by little bit. So this year I got a chance to really kind of feel and see what my little bit by little bit, you know, still get me versus I was used to kind of start something, let's go and go to I'm burned out. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it don't really always go all the way. But now even to sit here now, it's feel like, okay, I didn't, put this all in one picture but the little bit by little bit I can say I was doing the little bit by little bit to a certain discipline and it's here it's still folded yeah so now it's more like all right now I need to just put that to my my um my physical my workout and it's not like I used to it's not like you know the average person is like you know all right this year I want to start being more physical (laughs) no I was physical the year before last year or mm-hmm. before that. It's just I went from riding my bike to the store to grab any little thing to not riding the bike at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just more of that. All right, snap out of it, you know, get back into the discipline of just get on your bike and ride your bike, a part of your lifestyle. Don't hop in the car for everything. Right. You know, and the discipline, like I said, just really discipline. Discipline makes things <laughs> easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your life. Yeah, yeah that's it. Man. You said meditation a couple of times, and that's something, like, a lot of people I know don't meditate, and I do, so whenever I bring it up, they have questions. So I'm curious, like, what does meditation to you? like? Meditation is life i mean like (laughs) but how what what does that look like for me yeah it's looked like different things back to college i took a a a yoga class Mm -hmm. uh, to get some credits that was one of my electives and that was after i had went to grad school in miami but i used that space to really learn to focus on my breath and to let go and it was so helpful because I was on this path at that time to be a therapist and we are taught how to um, prescribe all these different medicines you know are these different places are people you can work with to rehabilitate but what was missing was teaching people how to breathe Uh. and so it started with me and I would just go out and look at the Atlantic Mm -hmm. and focus on my breath and so the first um one of the first tools that I learned to to breathe randomly was through dare again this is going (laughs) to tell you how old we are (laughs) Yeah. Which I love to say, how old I am, I, I'm blessed. I, I, I don't have, some of my friends aren't here that died young. And I can't even imagine what they would be like at this age. Guess why you're saying that? You remember, you remember Smarty Pants? The elephant. 
I didn't the, ele- the guy with the elephant that used to come to the schools. We all know Dare. I don't know Smarty oh, Pants. Right. No, 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 no. But Dare, Dare was, was in Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. This was, was Smarty Pants local? Yeah, he was Okay, he was, that's what was, I was going to say. Because okay. Dare, what, what did it stand for? Do you remember? Drug Drugs. awareness, something education. Yeah, something like that. I feel like. <laughs> And that was a question that we probably got wrong with drug awareness, <laughs> resistance, maybe resistance education. And it it had a little theme song about keeping kids off drugs. But you went through this curriculum. This is how indoctrinated, back to propaganda and FUD, yeah. mm-hmm. this is how indoctrinated or this is part of Reaganomics where they went into the school because those old girls said just say no. So that was the part of it. And they had a police come to your school and talk to you about the dangers of drugs. And then if you did well, you got this dare bear. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I think I remember something. Yeah, that, remember. But it was only one. And only one, sometimes two people, because they would choose a boy and a girl, could get the bear. I had a t-shirt. See, if you graduated the program, you got the t-shirt. But if mm. you were at the top of the top, you could get the bear, the dare bear. Okay. okay, which was a play on Care Bear. But anyway, I wanted that damn Dare Bear because <laughs> I love teddy bears. It had a police officer suit? Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. And so anyway, um, Police Jeff came in and was talking to us about all these different things. But one of the things that he talked to us about was meditation randomly. Mm. And so he taught us that when you get mad and all these things happen, you don't have to use drugs. You just stop and take a beat. And you count to five while you're breathing in. Uh And then you count to ten while you're breathing out. So you really slow down. Yeah. So I had that. And then I took that and added it to the yoga. And I would meditate for an hour every day. Wow. Yeah. An hour every day, win, lose, or draw. Yeah, once I you was, get it, you can. Oh, I was, I was so good, and ha- I know everyone can't close their eyes and just go blank. It takes different yeah. things for you to get there, mm-hmm. but for me, I would just go into the color black, <laughs> mm. and I would just try to go as deep as I could into black. And you could stay there pretty good. And I and I couldn't hear nothing. I, you know, I was gone. The breaths are important. I, I, re- I do yeah. re- realize that yeah, the breaths are very important. So that's, and so that's how I still meditate. Yeah, is, is going, I, I start with the five and go to the 10. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the 10 and go to the 20. Because the longer that it takes for you to elongate that breath, the better. And are then you? I have my own set of affirmations. You know, I talk okay. to you about that too, that I will just repeat and turn mm-hmm. into mantras. Yeah. Or I'll go into just a super long prayer. And that's my meditation. I define mine with, yeah, like gratitude. and mm-hmm. um, Yeah, just my, I don't know if you call them affirmation, prayer, gratitude. It's like a combination mm-hmm. of all of those. A chant. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a, it yeah, just becomes a repetitive thing. Saying things thing. I'm grateful for. Yeah. Um, and people and things and whatever and um, and then I get into try to quiet my mind because that's the hard yeah. the money right. mind jumping from thing to yeah. thing to thing. And you know, most people say, yeah, just let it go in and out, and then you know, 
let it pass and then you'll get to a silent moment. It might take 15 minutes or whatever, but focusing on your breath is a good way. Yeah, it's like, one of the best ways. Yeah. 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 I've noticed that just the count and, you know, we count to yourself is, or, you know, if your brain is doing too much. Or I think count, Abraham you know, on your says, like, uh, noise, like uh, something that has constant noise, like, a, a, I don't know washing machine or mm. like a um, ac unit or something like that a fan she said that helps or yeah to keep, or take to take your mind off of that if to focus on that is to keep your mind from thinking your regular day thoughts right because like be if you first yeah. sit there and close your eyes your brain is going to start thinking about your normal but see that's the di- right and that's the different and levels like, though to a certain degree because i i've I feel like I have gotten better as well when it comes down to that, to where I can sit down and damn near jump into my clearness. Yeah, but if you're just starting out. Without too out, much chatter. Yeah. With that, it's like you got to learn. You but know, I'm, I'm out the most aware of that to... as well, though. Even going into it, I'm aware that, okay, once I go in here, my brain is going to chatter. So it's almost like the defense, you know, I've set up the system to where mm-hmm. I kind of know how I want to start just like with the gratitude when you start off with gratitude you're starting off with a positive vibration and you can that's that'll help to keep your brain from thinking about certain I guess negative things first in the beginning of your meditation versus yeah shut the monkey brain or monkey mind up yeah that just jumps (laughs) from thing to thing to thing but also you have to let that that unfold yeah and Especially as a new meditator, you yeah. you can't let just it come think like, going. "Oh my God, I I I have to be quiet." Yeah, you have yeah. to allow that. It's just like working out. You get yeah. to a point, you just don't start doing five hundred push-ups on right. the first day. Mm-hmm. And so, the breathing helps. I knew that I had gotten somewhere when I wasn't sitting looking at the Atlantic. When I was in the middle of the loudest, craziest, and you, you know, just... most distressed moment, mm-hmm. and I could be the same as I was in complete silence by the water. That's when I yeah. knew I had achieved. I wasn't at Nirvana, right? Yeah. But I was somewhere where it was like, wow. And then I started using it everywhere. You know, if I was getting a, a painful procedure, Mm-hmm. You know, or something happened where I was in an extreme amount of pain or hurt or distress, I would just tap into that mm-hmm. energy. And it, it that was my superpower was being able to calm myself in a way that I had not truly realized you could do. Because yeah. everyone can do that, but we're not taught that yep. from the very beginning like some mm-hmm. other people. And when you see yourself triumph over discord by just breathing, it seems like, wow, I've done something. But it's really not anything more than just breathing. Because how often do you catch yourself? I ask you guys, because this happens to me. How often do you catch yourself holding your breath? You mean while meditating? No. Or just going through the day. Something happens and then it's like, wait. Why am I holding my breath? Yeah, I gotta breathe. I've, I think, yeah, I think I've caught you that stressing something. Yeah, I'm and you might, don't even. I think I might actually it. do mm-hmm. that more around people. Mm-hmm. I think I last time I paid attention to that, 
I think I might have caught myself doing that maybe around the Thanksgiving stuff to where it was maybe dealing with people. Yeah. And I, I'll just do that. Yeah. Because that's like Realizing, a reminder. Like, have like, I been holding my breath? You And she asked me, what's wrong? You know, that's yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, that, yeah. I see there. that as a stress thing. So I'll be like, what's wrong mm-hmm. when he does that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I just catch that, I, yeah, like that, been holding my breath. Do you notice, like, is there benefits after you're done meditating besides that session? Like, do you get benefits out of meditating regularly? Like, why do you meditate every day? Um, Peace of mind, low cortisol, um, to be in touch with my ancestors. I, I can... I can connect. I don't see anybody. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's a but more, in the nothingness, you yeah. I find feel. I find that peace of mind. So grief hits different ways. But when I can go into those moments where I feel like wow, even if it's just reflecting on something that happened and thinking about that person and meditating in the joy of that experience it makes me happy versus going towards the sadness of them not physically being here Mm -hmm. I can choose a memory go into that joy and then feel like they're still there y'all know what I mean like have you ever had an experience where someone passes away and then you go to like call them or something happens and then it's like damn they're not here anymore and that is a reminder but on the opposite you know that they're not here anymore and you choose a memory that happened and you find this big piece of like gratitude of even ever having that person around so it's not as sad yeah i've i've had a dream that was so close to real life before about somebody mm-hmm. and yeah i told a person in the dream yeah i heard you passed oh wow yeah and yeah. W- woke up in tears mm. but even after experiencing like that i knew yeah it's just like any powerful meditation you being able to tap into whether, whether it was uh, astral projection or whatever you can do it when you sleep you can also meditate and do that same in your brain. Mm-hmm. So, and when I mean like the warmest hug. But were you sleep? I was sleep. That's what you think. Was I sleep? I got you on that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> Waking life. I seen that movie. No. Part, last cartoon. The premise on that is: Were yeah, you really sleep, or is this? Right now, the dream. That's a whole nother right. conversation <laughs> for next week. That's really... Uh, well, so we need to, no, we, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Not right certain, now, because it is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. You're it's right, but... a certain but, group of people, man. Because even sound, for myself, like yeah. I said, yeah, I could... Yeah, even to this day, still, I could still say that I understand this right here where we are. Mm-hmm. But, man, I've had some dreams that, you know, they random as hell. Mm-hmm. 
but they it's like no nah, it gotta be it's now else. yeah it's yeah, now yeah. and <laughs> i know because this is a, a part of a broader conversation mm-hmm. but because of what you asked about the meditation and what both of you said as far as how you could tap in it really it really made me think about um the night that my grandmother passed and it was so eerie because I had flown back from the UK and I had the opportunity to drive. I flew into Jackson to drive that night, but it was so late. I was tired and I was going to like, you know, get some rest, connect with my friend, whoever picked me up from the airport and go in the morning. Cause I couldn't go to the hospital at night anyway. And so that night I went to sleep and I experienced something I've never experienced before and haven't experienced since. And it was the only way I can describe it to you was the worst feeling that you could ever feel. And my heart just was like in a million pieces. And I felt so bad, so sad and so terrified all at the same time. And the feeling was so real that when I woke up, I was, I don't even have the words. I I didn't know what to do. What happened? I got on my knees and I prayed because I didn't know what else to do because of whatever that, it it was no one thing that happened in a dream. It was a feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all I could remember from whatever I experienced there in that realm. It yeah. was a feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't have any visuals to go with it. I just woke up and I felt sad, terrified, and I didn't know, scared, like what, what happened. So I prayed and I traveled with candles and crystals. <laughs> so I lit a white candle and I went to sleep. And I slept until my phone rang and my mom and my cousin called me and told me my grandmother passed. And when I asked when, it was when I woke up from that dream Mm -hmm. at the same time. And that was such a wild connection because I really feel that whatever I was feeling was the moment when she left. That mm-hmm. that that happened for me then. It wasn't a made. I've never felt anything like that. And I haven't since. And my grandmother told me when her mother died. I was young, so I didn't really understand. But she said they had to drive from L.A. to Arkansas, which is where her mother was from. And they they told her, hey, you need to come on. Your mom's about to pass. So her and my granddaddy hit the road to drive. And she said, when I got to Texas, I heard the death toll. Mm. I'm a kid. I don't know. You know, whatever she said, (laughs) she said, and they had to pull over because it took her. Whatever was in her spirit. Her mom had died. By the time they got there, she'd already passed. So I almost felt a connection with her in that moment in the same way that she had that connection with her mom in that moment, because when my grandmother passed, my whole life changed. Uh. My whole life changed. 
So, yeah, I think that there's a connection with your dreams and your everyday reality. Yeah. And I also know that meditation is the number one healer for whatever you have, whether it be a quote unquote terminal disease or just an everyday. I'm making it through life and I need a fear killer. They don't they don't prescribe meditation a lot, but they should. And as a clinician, I have taken young people who were sent to do court appointed work or rehab and taking them to yoga instead and testify to the judge that my results with yoga were the same, if not better than if they had went to this court appointed program because Mm -hmm. they empowered themselves and they know how to do better and connect spiritually. Even Joe Dispenza, he does a lot of, are you familiar with Joe Dispenza? Joe Dispenza? Yeah. Mm -mm. You're not familiar with Joe? No, I don't think so. You should definitely um, look into him. How do you spell it? I'm going to just add it. Joe, G-O-E, J-O-E. Dispenza. Yeah. I can't even. That's so, okay, but I don't know. Google, Google will definitely right know now. him. Yeah, but YouTube know him real good. He real has too. several books. Okay, D I S P E N Z. Yeah, D I S. Okay, I, I figured. Chiropractor. No, he oh, okay. used to be, I believe, a neurologist. It says Dr. Yeah. Joe Dispenza is an yeah. international lecturer, research chiropractor, corporate consultant, Probably is a chiropractor. educator. I think this is him. That's him. White yeah. man. Yeah. That's him. Um, white man. <laughs> I thought he was a neurologist yeah. before he he was he, a physicist. No, 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 no. no, <laughs> no, no. He was never a physicist. They said, no, but again, this is Dr. Joe This is not from Wikipedia, people. Uh, so <laughs> basically, yeah, but that's they. I'm pretty sure that's a common name. But basically, he was a neurologist. Okay, and there's he, another Dr. Joe. He went into, he got into an accident and it was a biking accident mm-hmm. and he shattered all like his um, spine was shattered into pieces. They told him he'll never walk again. It's like, it was looking really bad, blah, blah, blah. He didn't really believe it. He wa- he didn't want any kind of procedures that they were recommending. Like I think some kind of attaching his spine through metal or some crazy procedure. He was like, no, I don't want any of it. And he went home and he healed himself. And ever since then with his mind, he Mm -hmm. healed himself with his mind and he'll tell you about it. And every, he has several books. We have a couple of them. And he basically, since then he does a lot of lecturing and speaking uh, and he does a lot of research on meditation and how like it's growing like your telomere uh, glands. I forget where. It, um. Anyways, like there's <laughs> a lot of effect that it has, even when he does a lot of research also on like group meditation and how it affects mm-hmm. even the people that are walking by or in the surrounding area. Um, actually like use devices to to track that information and see that information so that because a lot of these things were just things like buddhist people or like um uh you know uh, spiritual people monks and different people in that avenue that were talking about it but you know, he's actually getting like proof of 
um, the effects of all of these things in your life. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's an interesting person. I saved him. Um, Big Sean follows him. Yeah. yeah. So we have been here for a while. Right. Yeah. We're going into 2025. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we are going to chop it up a little bit when we present it. And this has been just the beginning. We warming up for 2022, y'all. We finna let yeah. y'all have And Mercedes is going to be a regular part of our show. That's I'm why in. Said I'm tapped in. Earlier. Thank you so much. I we enjoyed this. Grateful to have you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I won't be drinking beer at the next podcast. Uh, we might be. Ain't no telling. <laughs> we used to do margaritas. Oh, okay. margarita right. I mean, I this know. is just one of my favorite beers. So. Yeah. I just, it's a black man on the label. What can I say? Uh, hey, <laughs> gotta take that. I love black men. This is like my body just kind of, we talk about that. My body has <laughs> cut off alcohol on the way back from Mississippi for some reason. So it's smart. It's a smart thing. I don't thing. know. It's like my body did it. Yeah, it made an executive decision that you weren't able to make. I swear it did. Because yeah. I think about alcohol and you get that, I just got drunk yesterday feeling in your stomach. Mm. It's like, I didn't, I don't. I haven't even had that experience. But for some reason, it's like that that's wasn't good. there. It's like yeah. I want to think about some margaritas, and it's not the same feeling. No, drink water, yeah. beer, and alcohol yeah, are terrible. Some shrooms and be like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, drink water. We can do some re- yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah, we, we don't even do drink shrooms. soda no. or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, let's though. just all drink water. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. But thank everybody for listening. Um. Yeah, well, like I said, we're definitely going to cut this up, so this might not even be a formal closeout, but you can definitely check us out on AmericanGypsy.com, American Gypsy Podcast, and Ameri- YouTube that's- channel, American Gypsy. You can find all of the information on AmericanGypsy.com. It'll G-Y-P-C. To the, um, to the YouTube. It'll give you links to the online store where you can find consistent self-improvement T-shirts and... Um, pillowcases, different things, cities. Mugs. Oh, I got pillowcases? All of yeah. the stuff that we're Actually, not wearing at the moment, nice. but come 2022, <laughs> we will what have the? all of that on. We even have a beanbag there, consistent self improvement the? beanbags. <laughs> yeah, so. so, yeah, go check that out at luamlee.com. But, yeah, like I said, you can find all of that information on americangypsy.com. Thank you for listening. Thank See you. you guys thank you. Time. Thank you. Peace and love. And see you. Happy New Year to everyone. Be safe and stay physical. That's right.